0: I'm gonna get some pollen.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 169. How come you automatically just get to open? Uh, That's right. We're back with another episode uh, live from PAX uh, West, the third episode in as many days. And we're here to chat about the games that we've been playing, the things that we've been seeing, uh, and just what we've been doing uh, during our time down in Seattle. Uh, As always, I am your host, Derek. And with me today, we've got Michaela. How are you doing?
0: Sup, yo. I'm good.
1: Good. Yep. Just uh, living the dream. Courtney Dossett. At PAX. Oh, Courtney oh. Dossett.
0: Courtesy. <laughs> wow. Courtesy Dossett. Courtesy of Courtney Dossett. We're here at, I mean in some ways it is a courtesy yeah. because thanks for making it so that we have a place to sleep. Thank you, Auntie
1: Uncle thanks.
2: Johnny. Yeah. Thank because you. I am not the one who owns this apartment. Thank well, you, Johnny. This, this
1: episode yeah. sponsored by Johnny Last Name
2: and Nancy. John Nancy Table. Johnny
1: Nancy.
0: Quality peeps.
1: Uh, and that uh, that that disappointed grunt in the corner that you hear <laughs> is Jake.
3: How are Constant you doing, Constant
0: disappointment.
2: Our, our constantly fav-
3: disappointed. Our but our fav- I'm great.
2: Our favorite stick in the mud.
3: Ooh, <laughs> let's Eat a bag go of there again.
2: Oh Oh. <laughs> wasn't even my joke wow
1: so things are getting uh, a bit antsy now we're that we've uh, things are getting heated now There's that we've been fire. together for a few days um Shots we're all tired fired. we're Comped all up. uh burnt out and we all have one day of packs left um Last night we told you we were going to be skipping today, but we we lied. We lied and realized that it made much more sense to record tonight than tomorrow when we're driving back to Vancouver Canada. and
0: wake up at six in the morning. Yeah, so we,
3: we could do like a road show, you know, from inside the car. <laughs> we could, <laughs> Yep.
1: We could. Um, but yeah, technology. Yeah, um, how was everyone's day today?
3: Fucking
0: busy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I feel like ours was chill.
1: Uh-huh.
0: My day tomorrow will be chill. Today, I literally had three back-to-back appointments, and then another appointment like an hour before the beginning of that chunk, and I was, I was feeling it.
1: Sounds like a good day. It was a good day. Great. It was
0: super good. Yeah.
1: Uh, what did you do first? Tell me. Why don't you start?
0: Oh, um, I. What did I do? I went to Bee Simulator, which I was literally so excited about. Um, for some reason, in my head, I thought that it should be a VR game. It wasn't. That's cool. Whatever. <laughs> um, I will have more details about who and what and where and why in the interview that I did, which will be posted as a compilation podcast. Um but I talked to Lucas, who is one of the creators of the game, and it was so freaking cute. He said that the reason he made this game is because he read a book about to his like five-year-old daughter. She's five now, so I guess she would have been younger at the time, but like two years ago, read this book and was like, hmm. The way that bees live would make a really good video game. (laughs) I don't think it's
3: been tackled before.
0: He's not wrong. Like, it makes so much sense. Like, video games need, like, a motivation and, like, tactics and mechanics of how things work and why they do what they do and, like, what their goals are and the hierarchy and the system. And bees have all of that shit. And who would know that except for somebody who read a child's book? Not this girl.
3: Entomologist,
0: maybe? <laughs> maybe. Maybe those, those scientists would yeah. know. Um, but yeah, so it was super interesting. Uh, the game, as far as I can remember, is on PC and Switch. I love that everything is on Switch. Everything is on Switch.
1: Everything's, Everything's on, is Switch. on Switch. Everything's
0: on the Switch.
2: Nintendoomed. Think Nintendo Doomed. Nintendo There's too
1: many games on the Switch. So people won't know what to buy, so they'll just buy something else.
3: That's okay, we're going to talk about a bunch of games today that are coming out on Switch. Yeah, because yeah. everything's coming out on Switch. Everything's coming up Switch. I think
0: PAX might have been sponsored by Switch, and if Nintendo? not, it yeah. should have been. Um, yeah, so anyways, this game is literally like a bee running around grabbing pollen, and like your quests are like, grab this number of pollen... And that's the only quest I did, but there's other (laughs) quests too. Um, But the beauty of this game is that it's actually designed to be able to be played by either children or adults, and it's totally designed to be like a zen, get home after a hard day at work, play for half an hour, chill the fuck out, and just like let all your worries go kind of thing. So you're not like, you know... Battling like 40 monsters And totally stressed out the whole time You're like bzz, 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 I'm gonna get some pollen um, And then Ooh, There's like stinger. two different Versions yeah. Where a kid can play
1: and...
0: <laughs> Wait there was a Delayed realization that I made a pun I just want to point
1: out yeah, again no, That took me way too long
0: <laughs> There's our stinger
1: <laughs>
3: Wow
0: That is a good pun that is a really good one. You just took a minute. That's the it's new fine. Stinger,
3: you know that,
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> um, buzzing you're around, about buzzing calling, around. chilling out, no monsters. Yeah,
0: so there's like two different, um, I guess, difficulties in the game. So there's like one that's geared towards children where. You kind of go for whatever color flower. All of them have, like the way that you pick up pollen is there's like kind of like a glowing circle around the like flower on the plant and you have to fly through it and then you collect the pollen. And I guess when you're playing the adult version, it's a much smaller circle and there's like multiple different kinds of pollen based on the color of the flower. And so you have to get particular kinds of pollen to reach whatever goal you have. Whereas the kids' version, how are there so many questions from you guys? i barely even talked. Um, The kids' version, it's all just any flower and the circle's much bigger. So it's easier to get through, but you still have to go through the circle.
3: Yes. Uh, I was just curious what type of game it is. Like, is it like a top-down strategy game or like an over-the-shoulder 3D game?
2: Like, are you like the bee
0: and you kind of like... I have everything. This curious thing. Too hard of questions. <laughs> uh, no, so you can uh, you're like watching the bee. Like from you are the bee, but you're watching yeah. the bee from above, so it's third person. Okay, so we're like, looking um, over Or shoulder. you can be first person, the bee, Ooh, nice. and when you're first person, the bee. Do you see
1: everything all weird? Yes.
0: Uh, oh, that's awesome. So it's like kind of a blue haze, and then like a kaleidoscope of a bunch mm-hmm. of different polygons Mm -hmm. um, that are, like, reflecting the image around the most of the edges, but then in the middle, it's just the regular vision, so you can see through that. Uh, Which I wonder how it works when you're playing first person, if you're doing, like, colour... I guess you could differentiate, like, shades, kind of, Mm -hmm. even though it's kind of like a blue haze. But it is interesting to see the, like... Because this is how bees supposedly see, right? And everything in the game is actually based on, like, factual bee research.
3: So is this, like, bee detective vision? Did we talk about detective vision a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Kind of. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't really... So so is there
1: an advantage to using one viewpoint over the other at
0: all? That I'm not totally sure of. Um, I think probably in the adult version, there is, That's where the bees are naked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In the adult version, I imagine there is, like, more of a rationale. Uh,
3: In the adult version, that's what's going to be the the menu music.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just like
0: that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the the beauty of this game, though, is that it's really designed... Like, this guy has a kid, and he wanted to make a game that he could play with his fucking kid. And (laughs) the... The amazing thing is that you can actually play two-person, like couch co-op, but you can choose different difficulties for each person, oh, so your kid crazy. can be playing kid version And you're and not you totally can be playing. bored. And that's the thing, he's like, <laughs> it's engaging and challenging, while both of you are still totally able that's to pretty, play and feel accomplished. Saying, yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, I could play kid version, and Derek could play grown-up version, and we would still have so much fun. Absolutely. Yes, Courtney. From a biology standpoint and a conservation standpoint, mm-hmm. does it teach
2: you about how bees live? Totally. Does it teach you about the bees facing bees? Like yes. are there pollutant clouds that come every once in a while and mm. you have to like pesticides. stay away from the pesticides or like I can't find the flowers that I need
0: or... That's a great question. I don't know if it goes into that. I know that... So if, in a regular video game... A regular Like, that's a thing. But I've noticed <laughs> that often in video games, as you're, like, waiting for something to load, you'll have a little, like, two-bar line at the bottom that says, like, two sentences about tips of how to do something in the mm-hmm. game. And he has noticed this, too. And he's like, so, obviously, like, you're learning shit as you play a game all the time. Like, you're always just learning. And so, in those times in this game, you're learning about bees so there's like over 200 true facts about bees that come up during this and obviously you have the option to read it or not read it but it kind of informs your like understanding of the bees world as you are playing um and also tells you about the life of a bee and like challenges they face or whatever um i didn't get into pollutants and stuff but Uh, things like sometimes you'll have to battle like a hornet Mm. or things like that. And so there is like some fighting capacity situations, um, and like in the adult version, especially like you have to watch out for humans because humans can be detrimental to bees. They're a hundred percent detrimental. Totally. Yeah. So there's like all of these obstacles and challenges (laughs) that do come up, um, and I'm not sure exactly in what context or capacity, but I kind of got the impression that the whole fucking point of this game is to show you why bees are so important to us and the world, right? I like it. Yeah. So I was, I was super excited about it. I also learned a crazy fact, and I can't remember... I don't think it was, it might have been hornets. Like, it might have been actually, I think it's wasps that they fight in the game. But then hornets are like three times the size of a regular mm. bee. And so, like, a hornet versus a bee, that bee's gonna fucking die. And so, in actual real life, what happens? Wait,
1: is it that the, they swarm them and vibrate and then the, they overheat? Yes! yes! How did yeah. you know that?
2: I, had I knew about that, that. too Yes Cause so, yeah.
0: nature documentaries
2: Yeah I think it's it On
1: Discovery Channel Um
0: my, my mind Literally just melted He
2: was like talking And I was like <laughs> So does that Is that a mechanic in the game Can you summon a beast Worm to God so. them?" That I don't
0: speed? totally remember So move. We kind of got like Lucas, Excited And talking friend, about this. should totally make that a thing It should Cause he was so stoked on it I feel like it has to be In These the game These are amazing But I don't know how It could fit in Because it seems so complicated oh no, you just like like, have a call. Just have a call
2: well, button. Yeah. And but then you have to, like, like match you get the controller in, to, you get
0: to, to vibrate. In, you, like, get well, to and me. And he was saying what happens is they, like, sting it a whole bunch to, like, kind of decapacitate it. And then they, like, hundreds of them, like, swarm around it. And then they flap their wings at a speed which creates a heat. And so it literally just microwaves the hornet. Fucking dope. That's like, amazing. how is that a species thing? How is that a thing that species do? I don't understand it.
1: Dude. Yeah, games and education. They have
4: yeah. superpowers.
2: We should just quit the podcast now. Watch Discovery Channel because shit will blow your mind. Yes. You wouldn't yep. believe the shit I'm that in. animals
0: can do. I'm in.
3: Is there is there so, bee dancing in the game? This
0: was a great... Podcast. I think there is. (laughs) Yes. I think there is dancing in the game, and it's interesting because there's the whole hierarchical structure, Mm -hmm. and everybody has like jobs that they're assigned. I'm not sure if you can be assigned different jobs when you come into the game as a bee. I imagine you can, but I'm not totally sure. Is it persistent?
3: Like you're always in the same hive, and you the hive levels up. And also, do the bees have names?
0: You get to choose your own name. Okay. Uh, And so I was like going to name it after me, but then I decided that actually he should play the game and I should stand there and interview him while he's playing the game. So I didn't get to actually play it myself.
3: So you didn't just name it like drone three, four, seven, five.
0: No, he (laughs) named it bumblebee. Cute. All right. It was pretty cute. I was like, okay.
3: Are they bumblebees? I think so. Or honeybees?
2: Oh, yeah. 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 Are they the fat ones or are they the skinny ones? I don't know. I mean the there's bees. nothing to compare to. Uh, there, there'll be a
3: mod for different bee types, I'm sure.
0: Probably. <sighs> there was like <laughs> there was like honeycomb things that or yeah. is that in both of That's them? An olive That's in all of them. That's
3: a breakfast cereal.
0: Oh uh, those <laughs> are scary. so good.
1: In some countries? Nah, they're not great. I
0: like those ones. Nah.
1: Do, uh, do you those? remember the weird like honeycomb dude though? The bear Like tongue. you would eat the honey no, you would eat the honeycomb and was then he, he shaped would
0: like honeycomb.
1: Into- now he's just like big hairy uh, guy. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. me want honeycomb.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah,
0: I remember that.
1: Oh. Is that a Canadian thing? Do you know what we're talking about?
2: I have no fucking idea what y'all are talking you about. You have honeycombs. We have yeah. Okay. But you don't know the honeycomb guy? No. Oh, we'll,
3: we'll have to watch some commercials.
2: No, that's okay. You guys have weird commercials.
3: Yeah, we do. do I mean I we really you do, do you have yeah, weird, commercials?
0: weird
2: commercials. I don't watch T V. Because the commercials are too weird. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. I I've, I've been I've been a cord cutter since like two thousand eight. So What's a cord cutter? I don't do cable. Um, What's cable? Yeah, exactly.
3: It's the thing that gives you the internet. Cable ties.
0: <laughs> streaming, streaming. So I left the B thing, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, this is my one hour of free time between whatever and whatever. Sure. And I was like, okay, I'm on this floor I've never been on before. before. The floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> too many sounds. Um, and so I like went to walk around, and I literally got like two booths away. <laughs> And there was this game called, uh, was it Party Golf? Party Golf. Yeah. And Party Golf is, like, their old game. And then, I don't know what the developer is or anything. And then, um, Party Crashers is their new game. So, Party Crashers is, like, uh, it's, like, neon line drawings of, like, cars, but the cars are, like, bananas and shit. And then they're, like, racing against each other or, like, crashing or whatever, But there's, like, so many different, like, um, tracks or rules or, like, different ways that you can modify the game in this competition. Um, And that's their, like, new one. And it's, like, a group game. So I think you can have up to eight people playing at a time if you're playing on Switch. And it's on Switch, Steam, and PC. That would Steam be Steam. PC. I think it.
1: I think they were just on Steam and Switch PS4, for
0: now. PS4, I think some of them. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then whatever it was, I was like, well, we can't play any of those except Switch. Um. And then their old game is this uh, party golf, golf party,
1: golf party golf.
0: Um. And you like play as golf balls. And there's like so many different, you're like trying to make it into the hole and it's like a race to make it into the hole. And then you can like fuck with each other. (laughs) And then as like some of the like gameplay styles, you can like add a rule on each like level or like next round or whatever. So you can put like mines in the sky and you can change the bounciness of the balls. It's so ridiculous. I don't know how to sum it up without playing it. But it was so much fucking fun, and it, I definitely need us to buy it right now for our like, next hangout game.
3: Speaking of slightly dirty-sounding party games...
0: Was that dirty? <laughs> <laughs> you said you have to race to get it in the hole, and you all fuck with each other,
4: and I just started losing it.
1: And she never stopped it. losing right. it. I dig it. Uh, has
3: anybody here played genital jousting? No, no I, but we I were going though, to. Yeah. We talked yeah. about it
2: on the podcast, like pre-podcast one day. Gesting? We will pull
3: up a trailer later. It's
2: oh dicks. My God. It's
3: dicks with balls and buttholes. It and it's four and players. You have to fuck you, the dick. You have, to, you have to get your dick in someone else's butt.
0: How do I not know about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you hold out on me?
3: Listen to the podcast, maybe. I do sometimes. Well, sometimes. I must have missed that one. Podcast is rated M for mature. (laughs) The ESRB requires that we tell you that. But sorry. That's amazing. I digress.
0: Anyways, are we doing our regular timeline? Sure, yeah. So so I will go
1: next. I uh, went over to... So this, this is a game I thought had just come out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and was now in the works for Switch, but it turns out it came out last year on PS4 and Xbox One uh, and PC, but it's a game called Observer. Um, so it's made by a developer called Bloober Team who made the game Layers of Fear, which I was a huge fan of, super fucking creepy, uh, like kind of Victorian-ish feeling, but like like it's like a, it's like a horror game based around like paintings and stuff like that in a house and, and it's unbelievably atmospheric and, and it, it's one of those it's one of the f- games where I had to stop playing multiple times because I, you're just so uncomfortable you're so creeped out or whatever.
0: You're just so scared you couldn't.
1: Pretty much I couldn't even. I didn't even. Um, so they released a game called Observer, uh, which they just announced prior to the show as being ported over to switch. Um so they were showing off the Switch version for the first time um to press. And uh yeah, I I hadn't even first somehow I hadn't even heard of the game before, but it's it's a psychological horror game set in this like interesting cyberpunk universe. Uh Rudger Hauer is like your main character. Uh, so his name is Dan Lazarski, and so he's like a detective and he gets kind of a weird call from his estranged uh son and goes to this like locked down apartment building to try to like find them or to try to help them or something like that. And ends up um, like, like there's crazy shit happening in the apartment. And because it's in this kind of cyberpunk universe, he ends up like, like in the demo for instance that I played, um, there's a character that's like dying on the ground and he can't really talk anymore or anything like that. And he's like, Whoa, what happened to you? What happened to you? But he's, you know, don't talk, save your energy. Like I have another way to get this information. And, Um, he ends up like mind jacking into him. So then he's going through this character's memories to figure out how he got to the point where he got and, um, got to the point where he's, this character is dying or whatever. Um, but it's super interesting because he is, um, uh, because he's in the memory of this character that's dying. It's all like glitching out and there's like weird shit happening and like, you know, a lamp might be like sitting there like flickering and everything like that, like, visually and atmospherically it just feels super cool and super unique and um it this was a developer we ended up doing an interview for as well which is it was cool because they talked about aesthetically like a lot of the choices that they made and um this blooper team is a polish developer and they talked about like putting a lot of the elements of like polish furniture and stuff into this game because like interestingly enough like of course back in the 80s with everything that was happening there and everything like that they like everyone just had the same chairs and everything like that because there was like one chair available so if you're from that area you'll recognize these chairs in the game and Crazy. like all this all this kind of interesting like visual just easter eggs for specific people um, but the story kind of super interesting and it was cool because I was playing it on the Switch and they have um, like added a few Switch specific things um, like if you're playing in handheld mode there's a few touchscreen elements and stuff like that I was playing on a TV with the joy cons um, and there was some there was a few like they didn't feel tacked on just kind of small s- organic feeling motion controls like rather than you know hitting a button and moving a, an analog stick to open a door you would just kind of flick the wrist and and it would push the door open type thing so just a few little additional features that kind of added to the immersion of the game but um, the demo probably took about 15 minutes and it was one of those things where i was like oh shit i can play this right now on another console like i'm gonna get this as soon as i get home type thing because the atmosphere was just fucking wonderful and the story seems super interesting um i loved layers of fear um and i thought this was a brand new game i didn't realize it was already out on other consoles um in talking to them they are trying super hard to like get the full experience there on the switch of course the switch is a bit less powerful than these other consoles but in playing it I didn't really feel that at all it felt it felt you know it was beautiful it felt um, crisp uh, I didn't feel like there was a lack of particle effects or anything like that playing on this less powerful platform so
0: what's particle effects
1: like dust and stuff floating in the air or like you know in this case like things like static and, and all that sort of thing um,
0: was it scary?
1: Yeah, it was, like, it, I mean, I was playing on a TV, and there was, like, another conversation happening in the room, so... you were
0: repl- Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: so it was, uh, it, it was super creepy, and, and things would glitch out, and, like, kind of be jumpy in that regard. So um, I'm never gonna play. Oh, no, it's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: did you play, Derek, has
2: uh, been trying to get me to play It, is like, no, don't play this game, Courtney.
3: Did you play Arkham Asylum with the, the Scarecrow? Yeah, track? yeah. Kind of like
1: that? Uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah, actually. Okay um but yeah i loved the atmosphere and it was one of those games where it's like i just want to be in this world a little bit more um they they they, blooper team does a great job and uh in talking to the developer you'll hear that conversation sometime this coming week um i don't know it just the the love for the genre both cyberpunk and horror definitely came through and i feel like that's those aren't a combo that you see very often either um so I am absolutely excited to hear or to, to learn more about this world and this story. Um, in the same room, I had an opportunity uh, to speak with another developer under the same, I think it was under the same publisher, um, but uh, it's a game called The Padre. And this game was really interesting because I they, they just kind of brought a video demo and um, uh so it was just some uh, like a trailer and video gameplay of the game but it's kind of got this really like it's inspired by old horror games like alone in the dark and all that sort of thing and so you kind of play as this um like priest and it's really interesting because it's like it's like scary but also humorous it's got like the graphics are kind of akin to um old school horror games and that the camera angles and everything are all fixed but the but graphic-wise, it's, like, kind of, like, Minecrafty. y um, So, this kind of unique, like, big pixel uh, uh, graphics, both for the characters and the environments and everything like that. But
0: That sounds like it would be um, a drawback.
1: No, like, it felt like it was just... It just was, like, a unique styling. Um, and it felt very classic. Like,
3: like... Resident Evil,
1: yeah, like really, like tank yeah, controls, tank like tank controls. They're also they're also it's in early access right now. They they have tank controls. They're working on more of a uh, modern control scheme as well for the game, so you can kind of jump um, between whatever you're more comfortable with. But um it's very interesting because it's like he thinks you know he's fighting like. These creatures and all that sort of thing. And he thinks he's like this badass, but he's like not actually that good at anything. So it's kind of this like, it's scary in that, in like the story and then in that, in what's happening. But he's kind of this like cheesy guy too. Like, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe, but it was, it was a pretty funny experience. And, um, I don't know what's happening around me. What's
0: oh, I was just saying that's my life. I feel like I think I'm so good at everything, but actually I'm not very good at anything. That's and imposter I'm just syndrome. Super cheesy.
2: I was gonna go mm-hmm. to that panel and I decided oh, not to. Shoot. Imposter syndrome. I didn't syndrome. realize that
0: was today. Yep. Yeah, and that so was been really the
2: so was the who
0: panel,
3: yeah, the marketing panel. I went every to panel.
0: The I went to some sort of health slash video games type of. Was panel. it who's
2: Was it the one about? Diagnosing, yeah, people three with, with diagnosing people with video game
0: uh, addiction. Mm-hmm.
1: So we'll get there. The Padre. So. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The Padre sounds super. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was. I
0: feel like the like old school art style would be a detraction for me in the way that you're describing the story. It makes it feel less appealing. Of course, I'm always open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story that you're talking about sounds super interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was like a game that I'd not heard of before I went into this room and, and just ended up like that one ended up catching my eye as well. And, um, I had an interesting chat with, uh, one of the people in charge of publishing this game and, um, he didn't, he didn't want to be on audio, um, just cause he, you know, he didn't want it to feel like he, he was talking for the developers cause he was just, he wasn't one of the developers. He was a publisher for it. Um, but just chatting with him about this game and how it's kind of come together and, and um, the things that they're working on as well based on the feedback from early access, like making combat more interesting and more fluid and all that sort of thing. And um, in the in the gameplay demo that I watched, it seemed like there's a lot of like, kind of like there's combat, there's it, it's very plot heavy, there's things, you know, there's puzzles and all that sort of thing. It just looked like an interesting world Um and yeah it's uh i i would definitely be interested in seeing more of that and that should they said they that they're hoping it'll launch this year they're not rushing it though it'll take as long as it takes type thing but um it is in beta on steam right now uh, and i believe consoles? it will i believe it will be coming to nintendo switch as well to start um and then they talked about other consoles as well um after that
0: switch packs 2018 <laughs> right?
1: yeah um yeah, it's it's incredible. It's everything is coming to switch. It's literally it like. the
0: best console. Mm-hmm. Literally,
2: I don't need my PS4 except for God of War. But if they pour, mm-hmm. if you could illegally pour God of War to a Switch, I would do it in a heartbeat.
0: So when I was talking to the B Simulator guy Lucas, mm-hmm. I really hope I have the right name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was saying something about like. Look at look at the graphics on this. There's no way we could get it on the Switch. Mm. And so, like, is that a thing? Like, is it hard to get really so good So the Switch is less,
1: quite a bit less powerful than the other consoles at this point. Because mm. you're in some, you're, you've got something that's a much smaller package is less expensive, and you have to have it portable as well, so it needs to be able to run off a battery.
0: So have I just not been that drawn to, like, really high-end graphics? You just... uh, I just feel like you don't
1: often notice that stuff, or I'll be like, look how much better this looks, and you'll be like, it looks the same. Like, when we jumped from 1080p to 4K, and I don't think... I think it's rare that you've noticed the difference. Right. So...
2: I can only notice a difference between 1080 and 4K when it's on, like, an OLED screen. Mm -hmm. If you don't have, like, an OLED screen, like, the giant-ass TV where everything looks like you could just touch it, I don't notice a difference. Um... So but I'm like, kind of in the same boat. Like I'm most more like man, fuck
0: it. That I've been like, oh, that looks great. Oh, look at the. When well, I feel like for
1: you, I feel like a lot of that is more based on art style than mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Than resolution, or and I'm on the same mm-hmm. like that. Yep.
0: I do feel like there was more like maybe texture in this game than most of the ones that I've been drawn to. Mm-hmm. Like trying to look more. um like more realism mm-hmm. so nice. whereas maybe usually i'm drawn to something that's more stylized mm-hmm. and so yeah okay
2: that's fair
1: um but yeah that was my first first uh, outing this morning what did you guys get up to
2: so i did a lazy cosplay today i had a black dress and a headband with a red bow on it and i was kiki and we then went. You
3: had a cat backpack.
2: I went to the store and bought a cat backpack. So I have Where a black cat backpack. Kiki from? Kiki is from Kiki's Delivery Service, which is one of my favorite Miyazaki movies, aka pretty much everyone that won't make me cry. So <laughs> 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 although if you ask some people, all of them will make you cry. But I don't know. Kiki's Delivery Service is a pretty good one. It's like it's light. It's a good one. Uh, she's cute. It's got a cat in it. The cat talks. His name is Gigi. I like black cats, so it was fun. Um, and then we decided to skip panels today because they didn't sound as interesting as they did when I wrote them down. Um, and so I wanted to walk the floor and look for fun stuff to pick up and games to play. And I think the first one we tried playing today was Felix the Reaper, right? That's the name of it mm-hmm. Felix Reaper. Um, and I wasn't really intending on writing or anything about it, but then we started talking with one of the game creators, uh, Esbern, who was really, really nice and hearing about how they came up with the story and like, they came up with it. So I thought this was interesting. They came up with a story for it first and then came up for what, with the kind of game they wanted to make for it. And I don't feel like that's... Unusual step. I feel like usually you have an idea for a game and the story and the game kind of come together at the same time. And in this one, he was like, "Yeah, we liked the idea of the classic story of death and the maiden and death and dancing." And so we played with a bunch of different kinds of games until we found something that fit our story the way we wanted. Interesting. And I was like, "Oh, okay. It's a puzzle game. Um, it's a it's a <laughs> not my kind of puzzle game. Really, I like." Logic puzzles, and this is a spatial thinking puzzle. So, you as the Reaper can only stand in shadows, and so they have a mechanic.
0: I remember seeing this. Yeah, game. no, it it's really so cool. It's a beautiful
2: game, too. So, you can only stand in the shadows, and what you can do is you can, you, they have what they call a sundial. So, you can change the direction of where the sun is coming from, so you can change where the shadows are, but you still can't stand in the light. So you have to change the direction of where the shadows are, and you kind of dance the whole time, which is your little thing, is the the Reaper Felix. And so you dance around, and you change the shadows until you can complete the different tasks.
3: And he's dancing because he's in love with uh, someone from the Ministry of Life, and he's so happy and in love.
2: Yeah, I feel like also he's just kind of a weird dancing guy. But he took the job, they said in the story, because he fell in love with someone in the Ministry of Life. And the other interesting part of this game is like, when I, when I, when you look at the the Felix character, he's kind of like an aesthetically fat guy. So he's got like this, sh- like a, a very pleasing shape to him, but he's a fat guy. He's got a, a skull looking masking on. He's got a Walkman, which I love, <laughs> and a headset, right? And he kind of dances around. He's wearing a suit, and so I was like, okay, and you know, so in my head, his counterpart was like, because the 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 game developer I thought was German apparently is Dutch. Danish. Um, Danish, and um, so I was thinking, oh, she'll be like a svelte Valkyrie type to counterplay that. And like I was watching the beginning of the oh my God, game. Is she
0: also chubby?
2: She's a fat chick. Oh, She's my like heart. a Venus? Like have you seen um, the the old statue of like the Venus of I forget where it is, but it's DeMilo. like. Not Venus de Milo, because that's the one in the shell. Yeah. But this is, like, an old clay figure, and she's just, like, she's got, like, big hanging boobs, and she's got fat rolls everywhere, and her arms are super fat. I'll have to find a picture for you. So that's her. And then, like, she's also naked for whatever reason, and has, like, a big red bush. So there's, like, a big red bush and, like, big tits. One of them, I think, has a piercing, and are just kind of like, holy shit, they're children This is like, a very European, Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, Don't I'm American open in America, no, less
1: nudity, more guns, please.
2: Yep. Yes. America. <laughs> um, but I thought it was, that was an interesting part too. And like, so in the demo I did, like, it's like his first killing mission that he gets sent on. So, um, you can pick up characters and move them. So what they had was they had like a hunter throwing a spear and there was a, a hunter, a deer, the spear coming at him and then another guy. And so you don't really know what you're doing. So you kind of just put the other guy where the spear ends up. So it kills the guy. And then it turns out that that was a fuck up and you weren't supposed to do that. So then somehow time gets rewound. And then now you're trying to get, so the deer is going to get hit by the spear. So you have to kind of go through and you can move the characters around. And it's really fun. It's really creative. Um, the aesthetics are great. Is it on switch? It's on Switch, PS4, Xbox, PC, and Mac. It is not available for Linux, and it is not available yet on mobile.
3: But I think they were working on mobile. Yeah, they said they were
2: definitely working on, at least on iOS. That sounds like a great mobile game. It's a fun game, and it's, I don't know, it wasn't too complicated. Um, I'm not good with spatial thinking, so it's kind of making my brain stretch a little bit. Uh, a couple times I forgot to do something. Like, I thought I picked up the deer at one point. I was trying to move things around, and I figured out the puzzle, but I didn't have the deer with me, so I had to go back. Um, but it was pretty fun, so I definitely – I don't know what the price point is on it, um, but I think it's definitely worth looking at.
3: I thought it was really interesting because um, I was chatting with with this guy while While, Courtney was while I was
2: playing, because I was just like –
3: yeah, she had her headphones on and she was... I'm
2: dancing! and like Janet. dancing around and...
3: Yeah, so he and I chatted about it and he had mentioned that um, this game is made by... Kong uh, Orange? Kong Orange, as I look at my notes. Uh, and apparently it's it was their first game idea and they came up with it seven years ago. And they've been working on it off and on with, I believe... I think he said there was only like eight or nine people. There's only
2: like eight people. They're all freelancers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there's not really like a dedicated dev team, which is people who are interested who've been on and off the project over the past however many years.
4: Mm-hmm. So
2: that's kind of interesting too, that they didn't have like a dedicated group outside of their creative director.
3: Mm. And then they mentioned like they worked on it and then they ran out of money. So they shelved it okay. and they worked on, put out some other stuff. Uh, and so it sounded, it's
0: like a real. Heart it's a passion project. Yeah. And it,
3: talking to the producer, um, he was very much like, "This is our game, and we love it." Um,
2: and he had a he had like a Walkman on, and he had headphones on, <laughs> and their business cards were great. He had a notebook. So part of the part of the mechanic of the game is you have the Reaper notebook, which kind of shows you like what's the overall, what happens after you complete this killing mission. So basically once you set everything up to happen, um, cause then you go back in your televators, what they called it. It's like a teleporting elevator. So you dance back in your elevator and it closes and you're done cause you're the Reaper. You can't be on that plane anymore. You've set everything up. Um, but you have a notebook that will kind of show you like, Oh, what happened before this was being done and what happens after? And it has little notes on it, like a mission log. And so he had this little flip book and it had his business information on one side and the other side it had Thing for notes and he stamps it for you like live and then rips it out of the notebook and hands it to you and it was the coolest thing it's
3: got like a red ministry of death logo like <laughs> that's stamp. amazing it's yeah. great
2: so i have that um and i wasn't like i had seen it and i wanted to play it but i wasn't sure if it was something that i was gonna write about but i'm definitely gonna write about it um ezren was great the game is so much fun Y'all should look at it at least. Y'all should check y'all. it out. The, the guy. Uh, the... <laughs> All y'all. All y'all should look at it. It's gonna be real great.
3: Yeah. The uh, the publisher had um, had three booths right next to each other with. We were talking about this. Um, he and I with the monitors right in front of the logos for the games, so he had to like look around to see what game. Um, you were were playing, and the guy beside us like, stopped and put his his controller down. For whatever awesome. he was playing and like it was he came over and was like, Hey, I actually stopped <laughs> playing this because this is super interesting and I want to play this instead. And I, I felt really bad for the rep for whichever oh, no. name was yeah. next to us. Yeah. Um, but that was really cool. I want yeah. to pick it up. That was
2: a lot of
0: fun. That was really cool.
2: And then we so went new. over to Um
3: Do you wanna talk about Able Gamers? No, because we went
2: we did spy party. Oh, do you want me to talk about Able Gamers first? That was towards the end of our – before I mean, we met everyone back up again. Um, but we went over to the Able Gamer booth because we passed it. And um, our dear friend Kenny, dear Crippled Kenny, which is his tag, not a slur, I promise. Because <laughs> um, it was funny because I was talking with Able Gamers and I was like, oh, one of my friends of my is friend part Crippled of Crippled Able Candy. Gamers and his name is Cripple Kenny. I'm like, he's bad, bleaching. It's his name. I don't call him a cripple. He calls him a cripple. Um but they had the um, new Xbox Adaptive C- controller, controller yeah. um, which, and I got to play with it a little bit. So it, the I I know it has a lot of great applications for people who have their own peripherals that they have that they've custom made or gotten custom made for them that they can use. But it's still not what I thought it would be. It's still just the big two buttons, not little adaptive things and it's it's cool. But we, we gotta try. They had one set up where they had um like a button that they were they had battle battle what's the one where it's the battle cards but it's Ooh. soccer like Lucio uh, Rocket Ball League. Rocket League. Mm. It's Lucio Ball with cars. Um so they had Rocket League set up and they had a Lucio
1: Ball just soccer. <laughs> it's
2: Lucio Ball with cars. Is that just soccer? Lucio Ball because Rocket League is, is, League is just watch. soccer with cars. Yeah, basically. Okay. So, yeah, because Brazil's rule into soccer. So. Okay. Um, so they had like a go button for the gas and they had a Joy-Con from a Wii hooked up to it. Oh, really?
3: Uh, it was a nunchuck from the Wii U, yeah. really? with the USB on it. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.
0: That's
2: old So they had that set up so that you could kind of see how it was adaptive and how it could be used. Um, they had a couple other adaptive controllers. They had some that were mouth controllers for people who are paraplegic really? or mm-hmm. quadriplegic. They had... Uh, not for use.
1: So all of these interface with the Xbox? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
2: they all... Because if you look at the back of the adaptive controller, yeah. it's got like a
1: bajillion uh, interface ports
3: okay. on it. Yeah. Which
2: is the reason why they're like, oh my god, this is so, so great. Because
1: it's like a starting point and then you can adapt right. it to whatever right. you oh. need specifically.
3: Yeah, so there... I think there's probably... Twenty-four, three and a half millimeter jacks on the back. Mm Jesus, I want to say there's quite a few. Yeah, that's just a guess.
0: So does that mean that you could have a trackpad instead?
3: You have a trackpad.
0: You could plug in your mouth controller piece. You
2: could. They had some. um, They had one controller that looked like it was an adapted PS4 controller that had the joysticks on the side that you could control like this with the buttons. Um, they had another controller that had extra joysticks on the side instead of the trigger ones. Mm Um, still haven't found anything that's going to work for me. My biggest thing is still those fucking joysticks on top, killing my thumbs and making my life difficult. Um, but I feel like the more I get into talking with people who make their own assistive devices and people who have like actual crippled trouble trying to get things to work for them. And I say that in a loving place, not in a slurry place, you know, your own problems trying to get things to work for you. That maybe I'll find something that works. Um, I just feel like the, dis- the the disabled gaming community is still a very small niche, and there's not a lot of people reaching out to each other, especially when you're not severely disabled.
4: Mm-hmm. Like
2: people are, like, well, you're fine, you have fingers. And I'm like, yeah, but they're broken as fuck. So um, I feel like
1: it's super cool on my, that On my quest, like you talk about, like you talk about being such a niche thing, and like how many. Like it's such a, it has to be such a small market for, so, so for a, not even like a third party, like, like peripheral maker, but for a for company, like, a company like Microsoft specifically to be like, this is important and yeah. we want to do this. And, and I think a lot of it just from something that I read had to do with one of the like heads of Xbox's son yeah. um, is disabled in some way. And so he was like, you know, this is like my son wants to play games and how many other people out there are like this and how could we help them yeah. adapt it? Um, to make them be able to play well, better. And,
2: and I say it's like a niche market, but also like, it's not that there aren't people who are disabled who don't want to play games. I feel like there's a lot of people who are disabled who want to play games that don't have that opportunity because right. mm-hmm. they don't have a way to, or like, because everyone's disability is slightly different from one another. It's yeah. really mm-hmm. hard for you to come up with one thing that'll like yeah. encompass all of that mm-hmm. because I just need something that will let me do joystick things yeah. without joystick things. Mm-hmm. But someone else might need something where like, I can't hit three buttons at once or two buttons at once. I need something that'll let me do that same function, but with one finger or two fingers sure. mm-hmm. or my mouth. So um, it's a challenge, but I'm hoping that things like this will mean that that market will open up and that more people will find more ways to be more inclusive in
3: gaming. Yeah. Um, On that note, though, when I was talking with Caroline, uh, who was the volunteer that was was talking with us... Who's
2: super awesome.
3: Yeah, she was great. Uh, She mentioned that the the interface is Mm non-proprietary,
2: so anybody Um, in their
3: garage can can make their own controller add-ons for it. Yeah. And it's treated by the Xbox Adaptive Controller as just additional Xbox inputs. Okay. So you can chain, like... A bajillion controllers together. So it's fully like mappable and everything. Yeah, yeah from what I gather. Yeah. Uh, and um, Scuttlebutt is, is that there's a PS4 adapter. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see why you wouldn't be able to use it on a Switch either. You're right. Um, so I think it's going to be a viable option for any any system. That's as long cool. as there's a driver progress. for it.
2: And we do love Able Gamers. They do good work. Mm-hmm. And they've done a lot to help Kenny. And Kenny's done a lot to help them. So it's so a big shout out to them. them appreciate them we mm-hmm. appreciate Kenny we miss you Kenny you don't listen to our show we love you anyway it's bye <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kenny listens
2: and just calls me out
1: <laughs> Jake what did you do
3: this morning um, I checked out a couple of games um, with Courtney um, the first was called spy party uh, and it's a game that's um, been in beta for a couple of years and I think I heard about it probably five years ago uh, it's five made of years ago wow. yeah uh, off the top of my head uh, it's made by... He's
0: been waiting for it forever. That's.
1: I feel like that about a lot of games.
3: Yeah. Um, but I I never... Uh, it's a two-player game, so I never had somebody else to play it with, and I didn't feel like looking for a community for that. So I have kind of put it on hold. Um, but it's made by one guy named Chris Hecker. Um, Michael, are you okay?
0: Yeah. No, I'm good. I was just yawning. But like not out of boredom, like I just—it's late.
3: It's late. No, it's quite late. Um, So we were wandering around the show floor, and I saw the um, the booth for Spy Party, uh, and I recognized a streamer that I had seen uh, called Lieutenant Hummus, who used to (laughs) do—that's the name—and you were like, "Man, I love Hummus. I do. He's awesome. I do love me some Lieutenant Hummus." Please. Maybe not quite that much
0: <laughs> No, because no, when we eat hummus, that's a
4: you love- said, hummus I know, I know Okay Yeah
3: So hummus
1: and lieutenant hummus <laughs> <laughs> Different things Different things And you're a fan different of feelings. both
3: Different feelings I am a fan of both with different, in different feelings
0: different ways Only one of them you want in your mouth We won't say which one specifically
3: <laughs> Correct um, I used to watch him. It's the lieutenant <laughs> it out. For fuck's sake Go on. No, and then I'm Michaela gonna wait. And
2: Courtney were fired <laughs> I was two
3: never years hired. ago. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I saw a streamer I was familiar with uh, who used to play Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, which is a really fun party game. That, Super fun. Uh, Confused. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, which we should be playing right now and are not. Um, so I recognized him at the Spy Party booth, and apparently he's uh, a big member of that community as well, the Spy Party community. Uh, and it's uh, made by a guy named Chris Hecker, and it's a, a two-player game where one person... It's not split-screen, it's over the internet. One person is a spy at a party, and he, needs, he or she needs to walk around and complete specific mission objectives in like a third-person view, uh, like talk to someone or plant a listening device or mm-hmm. just James Bond stuff, um, and interact with the other people at this party, The twist is, is that he has to do so convincingly enough that he doesn't tip off the sniper who is the other player and prevent the sniper from killing him with the one bullet the sniper has before he completes the mission. Uh, and from what I looked at, um, it's played over three rounds and you're communicating with each other and like working off each other's feedback to try and be a more convincing spy, more convincing AI almost. Um... And so right now it's in beta, it looks like. I picked up a couple of copies.
2: Wait, what does the other person do?
3: Uh, one is a sniper. Yeah. Uh, who watches the party mm-hmm. and has to, you know, click the mouse on who he thinks is a spy.
2: And he only uh, gets one shot at it. He
3: only gets one shot.
1: And so does the... So you're talking about the player having to act like AI, for instance. Is it yeah. AI like... Like, is it glitchy? Like, are they getting stuck on walls, and you have to try to emulate that, or is Not it just
3: hugely? Okay. But the, but the, you just the,
1: can't be super obvious with what you're you, trying you to do. You can't just
3: like walk right over to somebody. Mm-hmm. You need to like stop and mill about. Sure. And, you know, it doesn't look like the the spy is super complicated. I think you just need to stand near another um, person. Another you know, character. Yeah. And they will oh, like,
0: you're supposed to act like another act like an NPC. NPC. Yeah.
3: And th- they'll immediately start like gesturing as if they're having a conversation. Okay. I see. Um, just automatically. Uh, and talking to Chris, uh, the creator, um, they're adding things like some particular characters don't drink. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep in mind oh. as the spy, don't pick up a glass of wine. Uh, because if you do, If the spy has done his homework, he will know that you are not the AI and will kill you. Right. Right. Uh, And that's coming in the next couple of patches, it sounds like. Uh, But it's got a pretty dedicated community. Everybody, I think there were, what, six booths there? Mm -hmm. Six stations with two people each. And they were full up. And I believe every booth there was a member of the community there. One had flown in from Australia to be on site to demo this game and show it off to people.
2: That's it looks like cool. a lot of fun. It looks a, like a lot like The Sims, so if like aesthetically, that's a kind of, yeah. aesthetically, that's what it looks like. Like it looks like there's just a bunch of Sims milling around, and then you're just kind of watching them, and you're either watching them as pretending to be a Sim or trying to snipe a Sim, which was kind of cool. So
4: mm-hmm.
2: it looks like a lot of fun. I wish you could play with more than just two people. Like I wish there could be like a mm, larger group, like a, a couple of spies, yeah. yeah. Like so you could have like a couple spies and a couple snipers. And Mm -hmm. like the snipers could talk to each other. And then the maybe you could have two of the same spies, but maybe the spies are trying to like out each other. Well, that'd be
3: funner to have to do different things. Yeah. Yeah,
2: So you have to do different things, or like, or or, like the spies are like trying to like, I'm a spy, and I I think that that person's a Mm -hmm. spy. I want to out them so that they can.
0: You're like or you could Russian have like a and spy, spy, right?
2: And you could have like an English spy and an English sniper, and they're working together to try and snipe mm-hmm. the other team. So many possibilities! That would be so cool. awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And then you could have like a bigger room that way because I think the rooms in this had like uh, eight NPCs total. I,
3: I think so. I didn't look at. Oh, it. there's it's not super. like
1: a, it's not a ton. No,
3: no, no it, it's not very it, big. It at probably all. runs on a potato. Um,
2: <laughs> it runs on a potato <laughs> or the switch.
3: <laughs> uh, I think you? it would be kinda of cool to have two switches and play that game. Oh, oh yeah, it's like, it's like, fun. Like, that like seems like the best yeah, way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Because then you can laptops, hide your but...
0: screen but still make eye contact.
3: Yeah, like I'm sitting across from Derek right now, and if I had my laptop in front of me, yeah. we could definitely You'd be playing it right he sunk now. Sunk my battleship. We could... Exactly. Um so that's really cool. I picked up a couple of copies. Um and I want it so bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I play it right now, but I'm busy podcasting. <laughs> um the other game that I I looked at but didn't play, but I've been eyeing it up for a couple of days now, is called uh, Pizza Titan Ultra, <laughs> uh, and it is essentially <laughs> crazy taxi pizza delivery as a giant robot, a la Blast Corps on how the N64. That, how is that a thing? How are I, you I, I love Blast Corps? <laughs> yeah. I love Blast
0: Corps. What is that?
3: So Blast Corps was a, a Nintendo 64 game uh, made by Rare, the guys that make um, yep. Donkey Kong and GoldenEye and stuff. And, and Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Yeah. yeah. Some people are, are less uh, amused than game others. Game of the Year next to Detroit. Mm. Uh, <sighs> and, and the vantage point... Our, We're not starting on like
2: game of the year tonight. Courtney, I want to
3: burn the
1: house down. I'm looking forward to like our favorites lists at the end of this year because <laughs> they're going to be our compl- both of my, our lists are going to just anger each other like so my, much.
2: Like I'm going to have, we're going to have to do like my favorite games and like shit. I wish I didn't spend like, money on. I'm going to have
1: like a Courtney's wrong about.
3: These games
2: <laughs> <section>. <laughs> No one's wrong about their game choices, it's just that you have different tastes, can, as can long we, as everyone's having fun.
3: Can we do, like, a, a girls versus boys uh, competing <laughs> podcast every other week or and something? And ours will
0: just be about makeup. Yeah. We get real distracted, <laughs> we're just like, oh my god, did you try that new highlighter yet? Remember
3: that game I was talking about 15 minutes ago? I do. I don't.
0: Do you want to know a secret? I've never actually used highlighter. Cool.
1: I don't know what highlighter is, let's talk about this game. I thought it was yellow
3: <laughs> stuff. Yeah.
1: You were wrong. You were so
0: wrong. Go on. Anyways. I don't know. Pizza Titan. Yeah. Oh right. yeah. The pizza one.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Until like you've been talking about it a bunch. I've never heard you describe it that way. As soon as you said like pizza delivery taxi game, I was like, I'm in. Yeah. It <laughs> looks great. Up.
3: So it, it's, um, it's from looking down from above, um, almost like God's eye view. Uh, and it takes place in the future and you have a giant robot with a pizza, uh, oven in the chest of it. And oh my God. or or something similar to that uh, from watching the trailer, and you know how crazy taxi you have to like rush across town and deliver pizzas, it's as fast, so or hard. deliver uh, deliver pizza, deliver pizza and crazy taxi, deliver patrons, deliver patrons as fast as you can and get money, and it's like that arcade time attack thing. Deliver bitches. It's exactly the same as that, except you have to like uh, either smash more houses or avoid smashing houses and cars, and and you just like run across like these fields of neighborhoods and stuff. To deliver pizzas as fast as you can.
0: Did you buy two versions of this game? I wish I did. Yes.
3: Um, It looks super fun. It's like this bright, cell shaded game with these like anime pop up characters. Um,
2: That looks ridiculous.
3: It's super over the top. Uh, I think the soundtrack's pretty kicking too. Is it by The Offspring? No.
1: Is, um, does it have that song by The Offspring? I
2: like. I like how he no. barely said Offspring, and you were like, "Fuck off, Terry."
1: <laughs>
3: no, You're he's, he's asked me that question. I just a couple feel times like already.
1: you can just like start saying the words "Crazy Taxi," and yeah. then in my head it's just like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." It, it, yeah. It's
3: very much like um, Crazy Taxi, Samurai Pizza Cats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's super fun. It's already out on Steam and PS4, uh, and it is coming, I believe, in a matter of weeks to Xbox One and Switch. Nice. It looks like it's going to be a great Switch game. Um, what is it? Exactly. Um, but it looks like a really good pick-up and, and put-down mm-hmm. game. It probably has pretty short levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it does look like it gets more advanced in the trailer. I saw that there were uh, other robots or, or things shooting at you that you had to avoid mm. um, while attempting to deliver your pizza to you know a, a wild cast of characters that have their own preferences. Yeah. I think you also have to make the pizzas. Yeah. So I think they order specific types of pizza, and yeah. then you have a mini game where you have to put pepperonis and shit on the pizza. Yeah. Um, so that um, that was the other thing that I was super excited for, uh, and I'm all in. I got a bunch of pins. One of them has Bob Ross uh, using a pizza as a paint palette, uh, and I won. <laughs> That's it for me,
0: man. Put Bob Ross in anything. Sign me up. Yeah. I saw Bob Ross cosplayer
2: a couple times. Amazing. Was so it the much Deadpool
0: fun. Bob Ross or was no? It real? This is like nice. just like
2: a brown fro and a palette, and I was like, "Hey, look at Bob." It was when we were at uh, Starbucks
1: yesterday.
0: Why don't I cosplay? I could cosplay. You could cosplay.
1: Yeah. You. It's I think like you've been to so many cosplay panels, and you're I like, "I'm gonna co- cosplay," and then you haven't yet.
0: You got the skills. I yeah. don't have the skills, but you know what? You gotta suck to start, and then you'll be less you sucky gotta, later. What did you say, Derek, from
2: Adventure Sucking Time? Sucking at
1: something's the first step to being kind of good, good at something. Kind of good at something. from Adventure Time. Also,
2: you have a friend who is, like, real good at coming up with bullshit to make things work. Mm.
0: I will, I will so message funny. you with yeah. things. Also, I have a lot of makeup.
3: Good old Adventure Time. Mm. Adventure Time. It's over now. Today. Tonight was the last episode. Tomorrow. Oh, God, oh, that's so tomorrow. depressing. I heard that. The third. Yeah. I heard yeah, a lot of adults
0: crazy. were sad about that. I'm, I'm sad. i sure
3: about that. Yeah. very
1: few children probably were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all moved on long ago. Yes. Adults can't move on. Uh,
2: um,
3: isn't that the theme of Adventure Time right and there?
2: Then we, <laughs> and then we met up with you guys.
1: Yes, yeah, so we didn't meet up with you guys then. We went to uh, a different oh. appointment. Uh, <laughs> we went to another
2: appointment making you guys look like bags of shit. It's fine. No,
1: <laughs> we,
3: <laughs> we played so
2: many games. It's fine.
0: You played so many more. I didn't play a single fucking game today. Well,
1: you, you know, saw a lot of. That's, I saw a lot of games. That's but why I, I made a point one.
2: to sit and play games because I feel like mm-hmm. I haven't actually played that much of anything yeah. since we got here, and that, I feel like that should be the point. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we went to check out a new game from what was the developer called? Yeah, Quiet something, but um, it. Uh, it's, Quiet riot. No, that's a band. That's a band. <laughs> Um, An air band? Hair band. Oh. Um, yeah, so this game's called The Blackout Club, and so it's a multiplayer cooperative game um, by a developer who... It's like six, six full-time developers, uh, many of whom worked on a series like Bioshock and Dishonored, Dishonored and stuff like that. Um, this game is fucking From so cool. Question. Question, sorry, not Quiet. Question. Um, and so... We went into this, we, like, the game kind of was just announced pretty recently, so there wasn't a lot to go off of aside from, like, a synopsis. Can I read the description that they sent?
0: In a small town with a monstrous secret, a group of teens has been experiencing mysterious blackouts, sometimes for days on end. Then... When one of their friends disappears, and none of the adults believe them, the club begins to investigate these strange occurrences on their own. Sneak out at night and go on surveillance missions to capture the conspiracy on camera. Work together with up to four players to gather evidence and expose what's going on in the town's sinister underbelly dun, dun, dun.
1: <laughs> Was that your like voice narration real?
0: No, that's what it said. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so the, yeah, it's like really interesting cause like atmosphere wise, story wise, you're in this world where there's weird shit happening in this town and for whatever reason, the adults don't believe you. And so you and your club, uh, they set out to get evidence so they can deliver it to like, you know, adults that aren't under this spell of the town or whatever to, uh, so that people will start believing them.
0: So, like, literally as we were having this meeting, as soon as he started talking about how, like, something is happening, but the adults don't believe you, I was like, I wrote the check already, just give
1: me the game,
2: I'm to take this
0: home, what is happening? So, yeah. it's real life, like, I don't want
1: to play yeah, my right. over again, yeah. it was
2: bad enough the first time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, there's so many, and... And for instance, one thing that happens at night is at night, the adults start sleepwalking and they become these things that they call sleepers. And so they're sleeping, so their eyes are closed, but they have very good hearing. So you need to be very careful about sneaking around them. And for instance, like it can be down to choosing to walk across the grass versus the concrete because concrete is louder and all that sort of thing. And it, I, I feel like that's backwards.
2: Yeah, me too. I feel like concrete would be more quiet than grass.
0: I feel like grass would be more absorbent of the sound, but there's less control and swishiness.
1: Maybe I got them wrong. Also, yeah, yeah.
2: depends. Question: Is this like those terrifying fucking video games where they've got like the mannequins that move if you do certain things, or if you're like looking at them, they move at you, and if you don't look at them, they move at you? Shit
0: is happening, and you have no idea what's happening. I don't want it. We literally were just like you're looking at a room and there's like light coming in from the sunset reflecting on the wall through the windows and then there's like a shadow nope. in, mm, and so. then you turn around and there's <laughs> nothing fucking there and you're like what the hell like and, I wasn't even playing yeah. I was and so uncomfortable and then you around the thing is there so, no so, there was sh- nothing there how is there nothing there
1: so aesthetically it's really gorgeous oh, and things that. like lighting and stuff are really awesome things like reflections even of like the textures of the walls and stuff can kind of like trick your mind um, one thing that's really kind of unique to it so I mean so it's, it's a co-op multiplayer game so you're playing with one to four people um, one person obviously very hard because you can play with up to four and you're by yourself in that case but there is this being called the shape um oh you're out you're
3: out <laughs> i've been out for just, minutes yeah.
1: um so there's this being called the shape and the shape is um it's this it's this evil creature essentially that's kind of drawn to mischief so in the people in, in the group of four people like the person that's doing the most or that's taking down the most sleepers or whatever and the sleepers for instance you can't kill anyone because say
2: are you killing your no, parents no cuz yeah in these are like your neighbors just and your family and
1: so in terms of like i i feel like it, it seems so inspired by things like um, left for dead in terms of the cooperativeness and the things like I am legend in regards to like your everything, you know, this, this is what's going on in the daytime. And then at night, like the people that you used to have barbecues with and everything like that are are coming at you and trying to kill you and everything like that. Um, To, uh, you know, things like stranger things in terms of these kids trying to overcome X, uh, event to things like it where um the town is crazy and they don't still the adults are almost like the evilest thing in them and in there and everything like that and so so the, the really interesting thing about the shape is that you can't see it with your eyes open
4: oh so. no i don't so, uh, uh. So there,
1: so there is a, so it's a, it's physical, like it needs to be like physically open doors and stuff like that to get through them. So sometimes there'll be hints of like, you'll see a window or a door open where, um, like, like off in the distance. And so, you know, it's coming
0: or the fog will start parting and there's nothing there. No. Yeah. You know
2: what you do? Yeah. You kill yourself and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. And (laughs) Spoiler alert. That's how Courtney survives the zombie apocalypse. She doesn't.
1: And so there's a there's a dedicated button to close your eyes, which like kind of reveals a silhouette of where the shape might be, or where the shape I mean, is walking towards. It's also doors.
0: kind of like that. I'm never sleeping um, again, you guys. Why didn't you you warn me? This was the horrible night Pfizer vision in other
1: games, right? Um, And when your eyes are closed, obviously you can't see anything else. So the sleepers that are wandering around that are physical right in front of you, you can't see when your eyes are closed because at that point you're worried about the the shape. So So you have to tap in and out so that you know what's going on. You're going in and out. Communication is super important because... You know, if my eyes are closed, I'm maybe keeping an eye on where the shape is. My friends might be keeping an eye on me and what I'm actually physically around at that point. Um, if a sleeper gets to you and, and takes you down, um, it will, it tries to, so there's these red doors and red doors are bad and they can pop up on a house or on a, the back of a semi truck or whatever and that's where the shape comes from and they'll try to take, the sleepers will take you down. And try to they'll start dragging you towards the, the the red door so that the shape can get you. And at that point, your friends they have to fucking like get through whatever they're doing to try to help you before it gets to that the point where you're at that red door and you're done. Um, <laughs> I
2: don't want it. i do not here anymore. I'm not sleeping at night. I'm not I can't close around. my eyes. So it's,
1: the, it's super close tense. All the doors. Like, it's this like super tense teamwork based gameplay and and. Um, we did an interview with the the art director of the game, which is pretty cool. But we, uh, Michaela then left because she had another thing to do. But I kind of hung around because they had stations where people were playing the game. And it was really interesting to watch because, um, you know, communication was so important, but then completely disappeared at moments where, like, like, no, like, there's no, like, you don't know what's going on, and then bam, the shape is right there, and everyone's like, it's fucking here, like, get out of here, like, run, and then everyone's split up, and then everybody fucking dies, like, um, cause if the, if the shape gets you, what happens is so the shape like puts you under basically. And so it puts you to sleep. You become a sleeper at that point, And so at that time you are controlled by the AI. And so at that point you become an enemy to your friends. So, but your friends
0: could also
2: pull you can out come of and that. Snap you
1: out of that. Um, so this just sounds yourself, like the
2: worst game of tag ever. <laughs> Fuck this.
1: Um, and so it's set in like, like, a small town, there's like a neighborhood, like the neighborhood doesn't change, but things like the goals of the missions and you know, what windows might be open in the neighborhood and where the enemies are placed and stuff. All of that stuff is random and changes, um, throughout missions so that you can't like just get used to like, This window is always open. I'm always going to go here, type thing. It changes every time that you play, which is pretty cool.
0: What's that called? See,
1: this is procedurally generated.
2: So, like, this sounds great and I want to play it, but also it sounds fucking terrifying and I won't be able to play it. It was super tense.
1: Yeah, it was super tense.
2: Like, if it was reskinned so that it was like, oh, you have to run away from the fucking fairy unicorn, I could play it. But I feel like they're never, no one's ever gonna. There needs to be a game developer who reskins scary shit to be less scary. So that people like me who love the idea of it, like, I love the idea of Layers of Fear. I can't play it. I can barely get myself to get through playing Little Nightmares. Like, I started to play it and was alone. I was like, hmm, hmm, can't do it. There's dolls. Oxen Free, I almost couldn't finish. I love Oxen Free. Oxen Free? Oxen Free scared me. The glitchy screen thing. Mm -hmm. I, me being alone in things is not good. I don't have someone else around Maybe me. Maybe you need some,
1: like, exposure therapy or something.
2: <laughs> I feel like that just spells PTSD. I, I feel like that's
0: also what would happen.
2: Like,
1: we'll set up all our devices tonight with, like, pictures of Pennywise Adult diapers will need to be then, bought. Like, I mean, that's...
0: <laughs> I can procure those for you. <laughs> we have
2: them at the store. You have got to buy them. <laughs> Give me some. I want some cool ones. Can we get some
0: some cool designs on them? I got a Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just draw happy faces on some Depends and call it a day.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this game was super interesting. Mission-wise, the missions are kind of procedurally generated as well as the level that we played. Um, for the PAX demo was like... Um, oh, there's also, like, a maze of tunnels underneath the town, and so you have to go into that. Um, that's again, that kind of feels like it when they go into, like, the sewers. There's a whole sewer system under Derry, um, uh, and, no, um... it's
0: fine. Can you say <laughs> the thing about the door, or is that too spoilery? I don't
1: know what you're talking about.
0: About the door in the house at the beginning.
1: It, oh, yeah. The door
0: I mean. is a mimic,
2: and it uh, hits you. It's uh, fine.
1: Um, <laughs> the... So the... Um, the missions that we played, for instance, was our, the last mission... These are kids. They're like 14 to 17. The last mission that they went on failed, and so they need to clean up the evidence of that. So you have to go to this house and like find the evidence. Um, and then one of the kids went missing, so you got to go into the tunnels underneath the town to try to find the kid. Um, and so so I watched a couple of rounds, and it looked pretty smooth. And then I had an opportunity to play it, and uh, the rounds that I played in... I feel like I kept trying to communicate with my group, but nobody else was interested in talking at all. And so the other playthroughs probably lasted 20 to 30 minutes. And, and I think one of the, I watched through two and then I played one, I think one of them was successful. One of them failed, but it was like right at, right toward the end type thing. Um, but ours was so like, because we didn't have any communication or rapport or whatever, um, we like we probably were playing for 5 to 6 minutes cuz the shape showed up everybody started freaking out uh, i at this point i'm in the house i'm collecting the this evidence that's needed all three of the other people are taken by the shape, so They're all AIs wandering around. So then I go to try to save them because I can't do this by myself. And then that's when I got taken as well. And so if all four people are, are put under by the shape or taken out by the sleepers, like the mission's over and you've lost type thing. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's set to launch next year sometime for PC for Xbox one for PS4. Um, I,
3: I love what i played so far. Yeah, it sounds a lot like uh, like Left for Dead and Evolve mm-hmm. uh, without the crappy microtransactions that Evolve had. Yeah, yeah, um, that same sort of like four v one. Is there a way t- for someone to play as the game? Mm.
1: So that's what I so I asked that during our, in- our interview. They said they're they're toying nah. around with a bunch of other modes, um, and that is something that they're exploring. But they're not but even nah. committing to anything <laughs> at this right. point. There's nothing like that in there. Mm. Um, but, uh, no. yeah. Because yeah. I'd
3: love more of that. I, I really yeah. loved Left for Dead. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> no. And I'd like to see more of yeah. that. Yeah,
1: well, and we were talking about, just during our conversation, just talking about it, it, it feels like co-op is kind of getting this resurgence now where it really fell by the wayside to competitive or to no multiplayer or whatever. And and seeing all of these cooperative experiences starting to come out again, I think is really great. And, mm. uh yeah, this one was like, I, I told Michaela we're going to have to get a second Xbox, and she said, okay, so...
0: She said, "Nah, what?
1: What's you're you know getting an that?
0: Oculus Rift. You're
2: getting that was new her. Computer. She's like, I played
0: you're this an Xbox game. Two for you. There's so many things we have to get, and a dog. Oh, and a dog. We're
1: not getting any of those except the computer and Xbox. Except the dog. And the dog.
2: I feel like the dog is the
3: most realistic out of all those. Sorry, Derek. No,
2: no, no. no. I have a dog. You can have."
0: Is it a real dog?
2: You can just we'll just have, say my grandma's dog ran away. You can
0: have him. All right, we'll
1: um, take it. Yeah, so that was the blackout club. We take that. Um, I can't wait to see more from that game because mm-hmm. um, it was, felt really unique. It felt really fun.
2: I'm already terrified. So if you like scary shit, please go pick it up. <laughs>
1: Is that how that works? I'm
2: not sleeping. It's fine. What's oh. up behind you? That was my uh, my purse falling off. That sure. was terrifying. That was all me. <laughs> yeah. Right? We can yeah. just cut
1: this whole check. <laughs> uh, what's next?
0: Well, I ran away from that. So my next thing that I went to was BMT. Balanced Media Technology is a company whose mission is to empower gaming communities to help solve real-world research problems through data science innovation and human wow. intuition. That's so cool. BMT was built or has built a voluntary grid. Comp- Computing network called Human H E W M E N that harnesses unused computer processing power from the gaming community and combines it with human-assisted machine learning to achieve massive computational power with human-guided AI tools. I'm not even moving. Just put. The- Stop touching my elbows. I have to hold the phone. <laughs> Wow. The table's still lava. The number of sucks we give about lava is slowly. <laughs> I'm immune to lava. No big deal. At least She's a, a
2: firebender,
3: Derek. Just, come on, just go on.
0: You can just cut that whole part out.
1: Just please talk.
0: Uh, human provides an interface between gameplay and data algorithms that allows for the gamer to insert their human intuition and insight into the process of training machine learning Just in the course of playing games. So the person in front of the computer screen guides and improves the software running behind it. Entertainment time is converted to engaged hours of crowdsourced critical problem solving. So basically, I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. And this is the one, I mean, not the one thing. I was also very excited for Beast Simulator. But (laughs) this thing, I was like, I work in the medical field and this is super intriguing to me. Like this is like the crossroads of like different aspects and interests in life coming together. And then I got there and he started talking and I was like, I'm in way over my head. Oh no. (laughs) I (laughs) should have gone with you. I got the text. He's like, blah, blah, machine learning. And I wanted to stop him and be like, wait, wait, that's hot dog, not hot dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I didn't. Um, but it's so interesting. Like, I am going to do a shit job of explaining it, but I will try to. Um, the way that he explained it to me was basically by telling me, and then when I asked him to repeat himself, because I didn't understand, telling me again, but with pictures. And it's basically, like, somehow... So for example, we were talking about chemo drugs, Mm -hmm. chemo drugs attack cells, um, in the body and kill what should be the cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the cancer cells that are left over after the chemo is finished are the cancer cells that are resistive to that chemo treatment. Mm -hmm. And so... Four months later, when you once again have cancer, you have cancer that is made up of all the resistive cells reproducing. And so now to try and do that chemo treatment again is not going to be effective. Also, I apologize in advance if this is triggering to anybody. Please just stop listening because I don't know how to uh, make this more appropriate or less appropriate or anything. I'm just trying to very desperately grasp at what little understanding I had of this to explain it. Um, but uh, so now you have this resistive cancer. If you try to use that chemo drug again, it's not going to work. And so there's other drugs that you use in conjunction with the chemo drug to make those cancer cells, that whatever receptor they have that's saying, no, I'm not going to receive that chemo drug, this other drug, say, attaches to it, stops that receptor from saying no, and then the chemo can attack that cancer cell. But whether or not that extra drug is going to work to affect the receptor is kind of like hit and miss. And so it's it's um, dependent on so many different variables that I don't understand, Um, but basically what he was saying is there's algorithms designed to figure out whether or not a drug is going to work in conjunction with chemo to be able to do this. And, you know, trying to figure out why a drug is going to work or not work. So say they've tried 10 drugs and one of them, Works, Then they're going to look at what molecules in that drug make it different so that it is working. And then they're going to compare those molecules to a bajillion other molecules and figure out, you know, the weight of this aspect of the molecule or whatever it may be. Um, and so in my head, I was kind of like, well, why isn't there just a computer program to do that? And he was like, well, So I did like a voice interview with him, which I recorded, and I think it'll be its own little thing because it's just so interesting and in-depth. And like I said, he explained it to me. And then I was like, cool, I don't get it. Please explain it again. And then I still didn't get it. And so I just kind of smiled and nodded and like <laughs> went along as best I could. And then once we stopped recording, I was like, so I'm still really not getting it. Can you please try again? And then I think I finally got it. And I wish I had recorded that because I feel like that conversation at least was impactful to me because I was starting to understand it. Um, but basically if 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 you know it's based on say weight is one aspect of molecules that is a, a thing that's measured and different between them mm-hmm. there can be you know as many at, like the number of molecules that exist are as numerous as the number of grains of sand on the planet or Mm -hmm. the number of stars in the sky. So to build a program to work through that is not realistic. It's not going to happen. And it's, it's not going to be productive in any sort of timely manner, but to then create these algorithms that somehow get embedded into games where now you have a gamer who is using their powerful computing engine, whatever.
3: Computer. And also
0: their brain. (laughs) And also their brain Mm -hmm. to play this game. Now you have the human aspect of doing the problem solving that is in whatever game it is, but with the algorithm somehow built in underneath so that it is solving whatever other problem with the molecules of the drug and sorting them into categories and then with the sorting of those categories, that is indicating, you know, the the they get sorted into pink and one of them, they get sorted into pink and blue. And so the blue ones are not effective and the pink ones have something that is effective about them or fall into the right weight category or whatever. And then those can be like, what's the word? Um,
3: Redistributed?
0: Like, they can be looked at in Mm -hmm. comparison to all of the other molecules. And so then they can just gather all of the molecules that fall into this thing. And they've already been sorted not by one gamer, but by thousands and thousands of gamers that have computer processing power. And when you cluster all of these into a huge group, it's just, like, mind-boggling how much processing power there is there. And that's not... That's not having to pay someone. That's not having to make somebody do a game that is boring. That's not having to make somebody do any... Literally, he was... The examples that he was using were Qbert and Pac-Man and Minecraft. These are games that people are playing anyways. Mm -hmm. And so to then embed this algorithm that is sorting through data for scientific research for things like pharmaceuticals is fucking mind-boggling to me. And so... This, like, cancer drugs is one of the real-time examples that he was using. And, like, even though I'm kind of explaining it and they're smiling and nodding happy, I don't even
3: barely know no, what i No, I totally know what about. you're talking
2: about because I've heard of this before. Is this the same company that did the ones with protein folding?
3: The folding at home? Don't because, okay,
2: so, like, proteins proteins are really complicated because you can have a string of proteins. There's only so many bases mm-hmm. you can have for them, mm-hmm. and you can only put them in so many ways, but the way that they bend and fold together changes how they effectively work.
0: Okay.
2: Um, because if you think about it, when you have a key, if you put a key in one way, it doesn't work, but if you put it in the other way, it does. Yep. It's the same way with proteins okay. and other molecules. And so, they started doing this with that to find ways that proteins fold. They could find ways to fix things like fuck ups in DNA yeah. and Mad how, cow research. What?
3: Mad cow research.
2: Mal- yeah, oh, okay. mad cow disease yeah. and things like that. And so they they did that. They took algorithms and embedded them in games and used processing power from gamers to and, and actual physical games to to do that. And yeah. it's been happening for like ten years.
3: Ten years? You fold, yeah yeah so it was 10, on like PS3 years? and stuff. Yes. because yeah. so the so, they were was doing just it- like a background application yeah. that yeah. just used your idle CPU power but this sounds like another layer of interaction for the person yeah, so to you, guide the algorithm into making
0: the way he made it sound was choices. you can have it just running in the background and using your computing power or you can have it so that you're actively engaged in mm-hmm. whatever it is but then there's like another level of you can also be engaged in like knowing and acknowledging and choosing to participate in whatever line of health care type situation it is that you are passionate about. So if it's cancer or if it's macular degeneration was another example or whatever, then you are knowing that what you're doing is going towards progress for this thing. What do you,
3: Oh, well, I don't know if that's necessarily like a good feature. I feel like that may result in less common, uh, Fields being ignored. Uh, well, I know, or like, by default, it, it it will it won't specify a field, yeah. but I but don't, like if
2: like if I know, like for example, my best friend has fibrosis. I know that that's something that I would like to get rid of because. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, let's get rid of that, please. So I can have my friend for more than well, and I'm sure
0: that there's lots of people who are just engaging in whatever and just signing up for saying, okay, yeah, I'm fine if you do this and not really knowing what it is that's going on. But you also have the choice and the empowerment to be involved in something that is important to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it can go either way. I definitely, like, had a moment of being like, at what point does this, like, deviate from altruism and, like, trying to do something good for the world? And now pharmaceutical companies are just taking advantage of free or, like, quasi-free computing power and that money isn't... Like, the money that they are literally saving billions of dollars by doing this, and that money isn't necessarily going to what, you know, like, it Feathering feels like it could life. get muddy, It could get really gross. But it's coming from a place of, like, majestic goodness. <laughs> like, it just feels so amazing. And then, I can't remember the word that he used, and maybe you guys would know this, but it's, like, some sort of... Like retro, oh, I wrote down part of it. Retroactive, I want to say, where like it's like uh, uh, genome mapping, um, where you're going back and you're
2: looking at someone's genome, genome, and you're building something for that happened before it happened based on that genome. Yeah. So like ancestry mapping, kind
3: of. So and, and tracking like genetic uh, so you- predisposition.
0: Mm, Not quite. The example that he used was there was a guy who was super rich, and he got cancer three times. And so he funded like a cancer research company himself. And each time that he got cancer, he was like, cool, this is the project we're working on. And so they literally were taking his body and his cells. And all of these scientists were doing research on figuring out how to address this form of cancer in this way and fixing it and curing this man and so because every single human body is so different Mm. you're taking what is there and then you're going backwards and trying to fix it specifically for this person okay okay but he was talking about it in a bigger sense of like pharmaceuticals that are literally geared towards your specific body. Oh, like, so you like you think. are dealing with whatever you're dealing with and they are genetically looking at your body. situation okay. and creating drugs specifically targeted at your body. So you're not getting the um, side effects for shit. The you side don't of, mean. You're not getting the side effects. Yeah. You're just getting exact. But well, then mean- how do you, how do you do that in a way where it's not just, like, the 1% that are getting that? How do you, like, yeah. ah, that is so far I out immediately, there. Because I
2: immediately was like, one guy funded a whole research company and employed probably hundreds of people to secure his cancer. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, my God, I can't with that.
0: Right? Yeah. And oh so, God. like, that is, like, to me, that's fucking magical. Like, that is even a thing. But at the same time, it's so terrifying and dangerous. And it's like this weird balance of walking this line. Anyways, I know I'm going on about this, but it was just like the most amazing conversation. And I wish that I had the capacity to like wrap my head around it more to be able to sell it a little bit better. Um So oh. one more thing that he did was his company, BMT, had... um had a game that they were actually creating. So most of it is putting, applying an algorithm to games that already exist or like regular games, but they are actually, and he, uh, the other guy there. So it was Corey and Rob and Corey was the gent that I was talking to. And he's like a software programming engineer type person, PhD teaches things at places and is (laughs) super smart. Um, and then the other gen who works with him is, um, like, was a part of like Quake and Mm. all of these like different uh, game development companies. Yeah. and and, Like more modern ones too, but that's the one that's coming to my head. Um, I want to say Tomb Raider maybe like just a, a part of a bunch of stuff. Um, and so they're developing a game. That is in, based inside the human body. Which immediately to me, I was like, I'm in. I'll buy it. I'm in. i yep. mm-hmm. um, so sound I'm, like me. Right? <laughs> um, so you're like in this body. And the, the visual that I got was like you were inside the lungs. And you could see like the cilia like waving around. And there's all this like mucus everywhere. I'm buying it. And you're shooting the mucus. Oh, and there's there's like macrophages. Yes. And like... Like, and then at there would be cancer cells and blah blah blah. And he was talking about um another company that does like what's it called? Play something. I will write things down and it will all be much clearer in my written article. But um, they do a lot of like make a wish things for hmm. make a wish kids. And there was this make Extra a wish life? kid, no, it's I want to say it's like play test or play something. Um, And they, uh, he talked about how they had a kid who was, had like a terminal brain tumor or something. And um, he was make a wish kid. And I guess they have like different degrees of make a wish Mm -hmm. kids. If you're like nearing the end, then there's like, you know, TikTok, You got to make your wish pretty quick. Um, and so they, they, this kid, his wish was to, um, be a part of developing a game so that he could play a game where he was fighting his cancer. And so they came in. Yeah, I know. God they damn, came in child. With this game that I got to see where they're shooting mucus and cancer cells and there's macrophages, and blah, blah, blah. And this kid got to play this game in a gaming studio where they're developing all of the shit. So his dreams were coming true. Um, where he's fighting his cancer. And so when he's playing it, he is literally killing his cancer cells as he's playing. That's how it feels to him. And he walked away from it feeling totally empowered that he was doing something to fight this battle for his own body. Blah. And... And so became more involved with them in this game and has come back repeatedly and blah, blah, blah. And the whole like magical thing about it is not only is this an educational game about actually doing this, but it's also empowering this kid to feel like he can do something against this horrible disease that is just a life destroyer. And it's providing him with this pinnacle of hope. It's providing him with... Something that he can look forward to. And they they made a point of being like, you're going to have to like help us keep working on this. So we'll see you in a few months kind of thing. This kid fucking does not have cancer anymore. Shut the fuck up. No. He went from having terminal brain cancer to not having cancer. And I don't know what happened in between, but he definitely got to play this game where he is fucking killing his cancer on a screen. Like... I don't know. It felt pretty magical. and the podcast is now over. Right? Right? You <laughs> can't do anymore. <laughs> Nothing else matters other than this fucking game. And so this man, Corey, is telling me this and showing me this, and I'm literally sitting there being like, oh my god, I'm going to cry.
3: That's um, like what doing right now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it and just Courtney. felt so...
1: We're manly, though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, Barely. It
0: just felt so important it just felt so So important
2: how do we sign up for this what devices can be used for it is it only for pc gamers so because like a ps4 is a pretty powerful processor as well
0: so this particular game i don't think is out yet i think it's still being but like to let
2: our to let your processor be
0: used and stuff yeah i think it's pc at this point um i think if you go to their website what did i say bmt stood for You said biomedical technologies, but that's not it. I think that is. Oh, well then. Balanced media technology. Yeah. Um, If you go to their website, I'm sure there's something that you can sign up for or download or whatever to make it happen. Um, I asked about using consoles and they said that consoles for sure have like the processing power to be able to do it. Um, but I think there's probably more red tape, Mm -hmm. uh, with something that I didn't fully understand. Um, so jailbreak your shit. Well, I like, I'm sure there will be a way to do it. And I want to say that there was like some sort of like Twitch type of interface that allowed you to, to be a Mm. part of it type of thing. But I don't know. I'll see if I can, uh, have more details in the write-up that I do, because I, I think it's fucking important. And I think it's dangerous. I think it can go either way. I think it's coming from a place of altruism and wanting to make a difference and do good and be better. And I think that it could very easily be manipulated to... But that's true for any data. Gathering. That's and yeah, it's just,
2: exactly. Science is not good or evil. Science is science, and then what people do with
0: it is based on and their at what morals and ethics. do methods. you stop, and how far do you push it? And and we had that conversation. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was super interesting. Anyways, I'll stop.
3: That but, that was really amazing. Yeah, um, the cynic in me wonders if it's just different for Bitcoin mining. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin's worthless <it> now, anyways. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. Come on. Sure. Dogecoin? We all lost money on that. Uh, yeah, not we let's it. not talk about yeah. that. Let's not
1: talk about that.
0: Well, and then for me, I literally got out of this appointment at like quarter after two. And then I had to move on to Leisure Suit Larry at 2.30. <laughs> oh. How much more <laughs>
3: podcast do we have? Back.
0: Hours.
1: Oh. Hours and hours.
0: Anyways, let's move on. What was someone else doing around one thirty this afternoon?
1: What did you guys get up to? Cosplay photos.
0: Yeah, we we went
1: mm. in a
2: cosplay hunt, hunting. Um, saw some cool cosplays. Um, talked with some cool amateur photographers in that area, and then
3: I think we sat. wandered back down and, <laughs> and sat down. Took a bit of a break. I
2: needed to sit.
3: <laughs> we we saw the um, the world's tallest Spartan. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, I, I think that's his Instagram tag. Um, and he was decked out like Master Chief, and I swear to God, was he, like was, great he, cosplay, was he was huge. He was yeah. huge. And he had four inch lifts, but I think he was probably like six and a half feet tall, yeah. seven feet tall. He
2: looked like he wasn't a human being. That's mm-hmm. how big
3: he was. I, and I, then,
2: like, his armor made him bigger as well. Yeah. Uh,
3: it was amazing, and uh, we got pictures. Uh,
2: there was a dog who will be on our Instagram with their owner, and um, she was dressed up as a Titan. From Destiny. Somebody from Destiny. Or a yeah. Hunter to, a hunter from Destiny. Um and there was like a group of Destiny cosplayers who were getting together, and I think they also played the game together, which was kinda cool. So we got some photos of them. Um and then we went to the pub tea thing with you guys. So yeah. you you did your laser shoot suit. Laser shoot, 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 shoot. <laughs>
1: laser yeah, suit laser so thing first. Definitely for look for those photos coming up on the at Geekscape Forever Instagram. Um, I was super excited for you to play Leisure Suit Larry or to experience Leisure Suit Larry. Just, I've honestly, I've never, like, it's way before my time. I've never played it, but I know generally what it is about. And I feel like it just felt like a game that was made for you because you're weird (laughs) and like gross in some ways. (laughs) Um,
0: my fiancé, everyone. <laughs> You're um, weird and gross in some ways. But
1: in, <laughs> like, like, a, in, like, a in like a leisure suit, Larry is a made-for-you kind of way. Oh, yeah,
0: I'm a dude to <laughs> Curve, and he was right up my alley.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, he was.
0: <laughs> I wish. No, I don't wish.
1: Yeah. Uh... So how was your experience with... So that, so it's it's basically like a relaunch, I think. It's been a long time since there's been a Leisure Suit Larry game. This game is called Leisure Suit Larry Wet Dreams Don't Dry. So <laughs> gross.
0: And so upsetting.
1: Uh, and start so dreams Don't Die.
3: What a reference.
0: <laughs> oh, is that a reference?
3: Yeah. I think it's called... Uh, it's like a sweary game, I think, called mm. D4 Dark Dreams Don't Die.
0: A swearing game. Swery, it's Swarry developer.
3: Oh. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what it is, and it's from what I recall, not very good. Okay. But it, like meme level. Okay. Bad. Um. Anyway.
0: So Leisure Suit Larry. Apparently, there's been like a bunch of iterations of it. Like I would say four or five, based on the conversation that I heard. Um. But the original one, I think, came out in 1987. And it's about this guy who's, like, like thinks he's all that in a bag of chips and can pick up any lady he wants, but he's, like, a 39-year-old virgin who <laughs> thinks that he's the shit. Every lady's dream. milady. I don't know if he actually is a virgin or not a virgin. He sounds like Wait. a neckbeard, fedora-wearing gent. Fuck, I bet he wore a fedora in the original one. I was surprised he wasn't. <laughs> That's where wearing they got the inspiration in from.
3: So, sorry, when was the first game? 87. Uh, and he was 39 years old then?
0: I don't know how old he actually well, was. Oh, he's he,
3: like a Simpson, he doesn't name. Yeah. So, he's probably got to be what? Like
0: He would have been 8 in the original one then.
3: Yeah. Or 60 something now?
0: So, he has time traveled. And,
3: oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, and that's so amazing. so, we don't even get it. Like, that is not what the game's about. That's just a, the excuse that they've used for the guy from 1987 to show up in 2018. Nice. Does
2: <coughs> he kidding. try to talk to you when you're earbuds in?
0: When you're earbuds You know
2: how, like, to avoid talking to people, you put your earbuds in, you're like, fuck off, I have earbuds in. Oh. And I, guys come up and try to talk to you anyway, and you're what? like... I
1: never have that problem.
0: You yeah, don't have that
1: problem.
0: I'm shocked. Yeah. Um, so he has. Uh, he you wake up, or he wakes up in this like research facility or <laughs> something, and it's dark. And he's like, "Oh, baby, like what's going on here? Why is the bed so hard? What's happening?" Oh, and then he like realizes that he's not in a bed. He's in this like random warehouse or something. Uh And then he, like, goes out onto the street and there's, like, he's on the street in front of his old haunt, which is this bar called Lefty's. And it's, but it's, like, I mean, 30 years later and so, um like, everything's really derelict and, like, they're trying to build condos there now and, like, things are falling apart. He goes into the bar And there's a woman leaning against the wall talking on her cell phone. And she's, like, FaceTiming someone talking about some dude who was hitting on her who she, like, wouldn't give the time of day to. And, um... And so he like goes up to her and he's talking to her, but she's talking to her friend on the phone and he thinks that what she's saying is about him, but it's not. And then she's like, Ugh I got to go. This guy keeps talking to me. And you're like, oh my God, that's real life. Like, It is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And um,
1: I feel that.
0: Right? No.
2: <clears throat> oh. You guys shouldn't talk to girls with their face facetiming people.
3: I mean, yeah. I mean, just just don't
2: be
0: talking to bitches, anyways. Come on now.
3: Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um. Anyways, and then so she starts going off about timber and um, farcebook and Instacrap and all the stuff that's on her, all these apps that are on her phone. And of course, that's a play on Tinder and Facebook and Instagram. In case anybody I didn't, didn't get that notice. last one, thanks no. for. You're welcome. And i I think I think Instacrap is super clever because everybody Instagrams while they're in the bathroom. While you're like taking a pee, you fucking Instagram. Everybody does it. Nobody talks about it, except people do talk about it because I know that everybody does it. <laughs> um, and so. Anyway, so blah blah blah, and then he goes over to the bartender, who is also from like the original bartender. And on the wall, there's a painting that's like an eight-bit painting (laughs) of like a late, like a sexy laid-out lady in red and skin, and you like can barely make out that it's a lady because it's so like eight-bitty. (laughs) Um, and it turns out that that is like a reference to the original game. That was a person that was in the original (laughs) game. La la la. Um, so then something happens. He ends up with a cell phone. It's a prototype cell phone that needs to be gotten back to the owners before the keynote. And so he, like, takes it back to the, like, head office, and it's this very phallic building that is obviously a cock and balls, and the symbol on the building is um, like an apple, but it's like an apple symbol, but it's not. It's, I think the company's called Prune, and it's this, like, fruit, but then it clearly looks like a vagina like it looks like Great. lips of a vagina and i was like, "oh i wonder." And then i was like, "oh wait no, i know what game this is. That's definitely meant to look like a vagina." And then he goes into the building and the bu- like the boss whose name is BJ for bill jobs. Um, yes. is, is like his office is at the top of this tower. Did uh, you call
3: him the head honcho?
0: Oh, they uh, probably do. Oh, And no. then at the very top of this tower, there's a fountain. Of and course. so, like, on the outside. So, anyways, he has to go up to meet him in his office to bring him this prototype, and the elevators are, like, the prune symbol, and so the elevator doors open <laughs> <No>! up. <laughs> like, it's just so ridiculously sexual. Um... And then, oh, and then the assistant to BJ is this, like, super hot lady. And so I guess the story ends up being that uh, Larry wants to go on a date with this lady. And she says she'll only do that if he gets 90% on his timber. And so then he has to go on all these, like, Tinder dates. And try to do well, but of course, everything does not go well for Larry. And the whole point, like, the big thing in the game is that he's kind of like this sad sack loser and, like, can't can't get a break and is also super cheesy and kind of creepy. And, you know, he's just that guy. And so um, I think in comparison to the first game, they said that they made him a little bit more... Um, What's the word where, like, you? not that you feel sorry for him, but he's a little bit more, uh, not relatable. Sympathetic. but Yeah, sympathetic. Yeah, because I guess he was probably just pretty skeezy in the first one, and so yeah. they made him just kind of a little bit more pathetic, and the joke is always on him. So I wonder if in the first one, like, maybe sometimes it was on the woman, which would totally or not fly. Or he was just super ravey in the first yeah, one. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh... Yeah, it was pretty funny. At one point, he, like, goes into the sex shop, and there's all these, like, there's, like, a unicorn where the the horn is <laughs> a dildo, and there's... I uh, feel like we've
2: been in that shop.
0: R- probably. <laughs> and, like, the handles on the door to go into the place are sperm. Of course. And, and there's, like a three-titted, like, uh, blow-up doll that is apparently a reference to, I think, the first game. I don't know. Total Recall. (laughs) Oh, maybe. Is that a thing?
3: Yeah. Okay. Three breasted of Tucker. Oh, I feel
0: like maybe I know that reference from Rick and Morty.
3: Maybe. Probably. Uh, Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So, and the, like, interview itself, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. It was a little bit awkward. I felt a little bit... I mean... I was super, initially I was super stoked to to find out more about this game and then I literally left this interview where I've just been told that a kid is cured of cancer because he had hope from <laughs> playing a video game and now I have to go figure out a video game about like dicks and blowjobs and I'm like, <laughs> oh, wh- like, how do I flip my headspace to be the here whiplash, right, right, right now, right?
3: Kind dissonance.
0: Oh, and then so I get in there, and the PR guys are really nice, and it's like this young German man who is one of the devs. And
3: did, did and you tell him that when you came in? No,
0: no. But I was. This was the first time that I was like, you know, I just need to ask a really noob question, and maybe you can help me clarify this. What is it that all of you do? What is the difference between a developer and a producer and a like whatever? And then they like spelled it out for me. Oh, and we're like, you know, it's like when a book publisher, there's like the author, and then there's the publisher, and, and then editor. there's the marketing. And I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. Did they give
3: you an org chart too while they were at it? A what? An org chart? No. Organizational chart has no. all their hierarchies. I
0: wish. <laughs> Um,
4: In
3: a duo tang, Um, yeah,
0: (laughs) that'd be great. That'd be great. Um. Anyways, so it was they were very accommodating and nice, but I ended up being in there at the same time as like another media person who was like in his forties and like was sitting there with his notebook, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I want to do an audio recording, so maybe like we'll go through the demo and then do the recording afterwards, but then. During the demo, he was so explaining everything that I was like, I need to just record this. But then the other guy was, like, asking questions, and so I'm, like, recording this other guy asking... Like, I just felt really... It felt weird. So we'll see how it turns out. It might just turn out to be a written article so I can <laughs> uh, manipulate it to be not including someone who I don't know. Uh, is it
1: coming to Switch? I don't know how Nintendo would feel about that. Great. They'll take what they can get. So not anymore, now. So you
0: actually mentioned something. There was the Polish game that had that was sexual a yeah. little bit, and you were like, "Oh, it's like rated twelve or something."
3: I don't know what. Or you uh, what were it was worried rated. about the
0: rating. So this guy, uh, what was his name? Malt, I want to say, uh, was about our age and was one of the developers and. He was saying, like, in Germany, this game would be, like, rated 12. He was saying this, like, while on the screen the guy is in the sex shop and there's literally (laughs) 30 dicks on the screen. And I was like, cool, rated 12. I don't think that's going to happen in America. No, (laughs) no. But I think it's probably going to be PC for now. Mm -hmm. Um, They
3: historically have been. I don't think they've ever done a console. Okay. Not that I'm an expert. I feel like I think
1: that I feel like I somehow remember maybe the NES like a like a PS two. Oh, I could see. Well, to that. and
0: this game actually is a point and click game, which yes. apparently is way more common in Germany than it is here. Um and those but are predominantly they used to
2: be Super popular in the nineties as well. Okay. Like remember remember the cool cosplayer we saw that was the Skull Lady? Yeah. Skull Guy. That's Grim Fandango. That's a point-and-click adventure okay. name. Okay.
0: I could see it being a P... Or not a PC. A mobile game, actually. probably Because, I mean, mobile... Yeah. Who cares about ratings? Yeah. 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 Uh, Anyways. Apple does. But so, that was weird. Google doesn't. It was weird, and it was good, and it was funny, and I wish that I had been less on the verge of crying when I went in. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, you know, had had the, them to myself, but...
2: I was trying to find out what it's going to be on. And the article that I found for the newest one is called Leisure Suit Larry is Back from the Dead for some reason. It's going to be on PC and Mac. Yeah. Uh, a, a click and point adventure with questionable pickup lines.
0: Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I during this time, I kind of wandered the floor for a little bit, saw a lot of lineups and some stuff that I would like to play. Um, picked up, uh, there's a cool, really cool PlayStation store um, on the show floor as well, and so they have all sorts of t-shirts and, and a lot of really cool stuff, including... Um, the ever-elusive, well, not really elusive because it was at Comic-Con and on Mondo's website and is here as well, but um, God of War vinyl soundtrack with amazing art by uh, one of the Mondo artists.
0: And you didn't buy it.
1: No, no. That was when I sent Courtney on the podcast and she was like, why didn't you tell me about this? Oh, did worry. you
0: buy it? We'll get not it yet. tomorrow. We um, didn't
1: go buy. So I did pick up a, there's like a smaller vinyl... I don't know what the difference is.
2: Like, there's a 45, and there's a standard vinyl, and there's a size okay. difference. So it's piece. a 45, yeah. then,
1: but of uh, it's like a Mondo Art, uh, the Last of Us Two soundtrack. So it's got a couple tracks. It's just um, like a single, right? Yeah, it's like say, a single. There's like one song on each side. Like one or two songs. Yeah, uh, so there's like one song on each side, but the art's really cool. And I'm of course a huge fan of the Last of Us, and cannot wait for the Last of Us Two. Um, following all of this, we went and just checked out really briefly the kind of finale of the, um... Uh, broadcaster royale competition that uh, Twitch Prime had been putting on uh, for the weekend. So this was in a beautiful theater called the Paramount Theater, which uh, is in downtown Seattle. It was built in, like, the 30s or something like that. Late 20s. Late 20s. Um, so looking up at the ceiling, there's all this just beautiful architecture and carving and everything like that. And everything's was, gold. Yeah, everything's gold. And it was kind of neat because it was all, like, there was, like, PUBG stuff, like, parachutes and, like, a parachute man and, like drop crates and stuff all strewn about the place so that was pretty cool and we kind of were just watching and um it was pretty interesting i think it was a lot quieter today than it had been in previous days like i had seen lineups there there was big like swag giveaways and stuff in the in the past and i think they were just kind of wrapping it up because this was the end of the experience um but uh we kind of watched a match that that kind of it got pretty intense towards the end and um This weekend, I think I mentioned a couple days ago on the podcast that it's kind of the first time I've really watched a gaming tournament or any kind of eSport type thing. And it was actually pretty entertaining. Um, Especially, I feel like, in a game like this, it just gets super, super intense towards the end. And um, so, like, out of nowhere, one of these guys wins. Um, This is the last match, and so they determine the winner. But when, like, seconds, I feel like, after... He takes his last shot and it's like, bam, you won. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Like, like all these lights are going off. And then this fucking person appears out of nowhere. And they're like, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. And they hand everyone, like, fucking chicken strips and everything like that. And it was just so funny. It was
0: perfect. And, like,
1: I don't know where they came. Like, they were just all of a sudden there. They were all there. of a sudden there. But yeah. it was like, like, they knew that this shot was going to happen or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was f- one second after this happened. And uh, it was a delicious snack. And then we went to Cheesecake Factory. So, what a day.
2: Great day. Uh, Yeah.
1: So day three of PAX. um, We've got one day left. We actually won't be doing a podcast tomorrow uh, because we need to go to Canada uh, where we live. And um, I mean, you'll see a bunch more content through Instagram, through the website. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week on the podcast as well. Um, What do you guys with one day left? um, What do you guys want to do tomorrow?
3: What do you guys hope to see tomorrow? Uh, Sony store for sure uh, I keep meaning to go there and never make it happen mm-hmm. um, most of the games S- I want to check out are like long Our Spider-Man games yeah just Spider-Man <laughs> all day, every I, day I
1: walked by like I don't I feel like I didn't spend much time on the floor but every time I went on the floor I'm like maybe there's no line in Spider-Man and there was yeah. always like a, yeah, yeah. And I'm like why are there so many people in line this game comes out in four days you really like <laughs> I want to play do you need to wait in line right now why can't I be the first person in line right now Just wait four days. Why can't you wait? Um, But I'd like to check out, like,
3: um, Mega Man. Yeah. Because I I know Capcom has Mega Man here. Um, Pray to the Gods. Yeah. The the Not Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. Uh, I'd like to check that out. Uh, Courtney has a Dauntless appointment tomorrow. Dauntless
1: Mm -hmm. is something that I... Is that new?
3: Yeah, they just announced it around E3, I think. Okay. Okay, Maybe Um,
1: that's where I had heard of it. Because it looks... Uh, it looks awesome. It looks super cool.
3: Mm-hmm. I keep seeing people with dollar Signs mm-hmm. wandering around, and I'm, it's, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued for that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's a whole lot that's like, I need to play this. Uh, Indie Mega Booth. I Indie Mega them. Booth looks awesome. I just yeah. want to like do a round of the whole yeah. thing and play mm-hmm. every single fucking game. I did a thing. quick
1: walk around today. And what, one of the things we were talking about earlier as well is like this place feels so much different than something like Comic-Con, where there's there can be things that are so interesting, but it's just like... like passed over because it's like at somewhere like STCC or any comic convention, it's a dude at a booth that's trying to tell his story and people ignore it because, Hey, there's something flashy over here, but Mm -hmm. at an event like this and especially, you know, in a place like Indie mega booth where you've got this tiny area that's filled with like 50 fucking indie games. Um, but each one them has a TV playing a trailer and each of them looks so different and so unique and so cool. Like Mm -hmm. just like, I would love to spend it just, just, spent a whole day in that area. Like it was Mm. unbelievable and everything looked so, so different. Um, so I did a quick walkthrough and I was like, Oh, I could like, I want to play that. I want to play that. I want to play that. Like for the whole thing. Um, so I don't know how much we'll actually get to see, but I definitely want to go in that area as well. Um, TikTok
2: is on my list. TikTok looks Uh, awesome. Really cool co-op game. I want to know more about it. We tried sitting in line for it a couple times today. And like, it just like the first time I went over to it, it was mobbed. The second time, like these guys, I guess have been kind of like hogging the demo, which is whatever. They only had like one setup. Um, Iron Curtain looks interesting and funny. I love me some curtain. Iron Curtain. I think I think it's remember that curtain. one too. Is it Irony Curtain? I think
0: so. Iron Curtain. Okay. I I saw Iron Curtain.
3: I thought it was Irony Curtain. I, I, That's oh, funny.
0: it is Irony Curtain. It is irony curtain. I think I forwarded. It yeah, I, to have,
2: I have. I got the email for it. I think I emailed them, and I just don't think I either. I didn't hear back, or I didn't see it because my email, my email is fucked up. It's not even a thing anymore. Um, but I love me some Soviet era shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's, I don't know. I just I love it. Papers, please. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, Sword of Gargantua, which looks really interesting. It's a VR sword fighting game. Yes, please. Um, And it's got a really interesting art style that I enjoy. It reminds me a little bit of the way Breath of the Wild looks and feels, but it's Mm -hmm. different. Um, I think those are going to be my top three. There's something also called Falcon Age. That I wandered by and saw, and all I saw was that you could have a pet falcon, and I'm so down. <laughs> Say I've no wanted to be a falconer forever. And
1: now you can. And
2: I was like, oh, mm-hmm. can I have a VR falcon that won't shit on everything? Yes, Perfect. please. Um, also, if I can get time to get into Pathfinder Kingmaker, I would like to actually try and play it some. I
1: walked by a ground today, and it looked super cool. It's so
2: much fun. Yeah, it looked really neat. It's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it. Um, I'm working on that article. It should be out soon to so those lovely people. Uh,
1: I would love for you to attention. check out. Torchlight Frontiers as well, just because oh, yeah. I remember you weren't super stoked on it. I want to seeing the trailer, and I've heard some people talk about it on the show floor, and it seems like it's getting really solid buzz. Mm-hmm. So I think I think just it would be cool to trailer. hear what you think of that because I know you're a Torchlight fan.
2: Um, and I was gonna give it uh, a fair shake because I do love that game. Yeah. Um, I just was like not really impressed or drawn in by the trailer, which right. I hope is just a. Bad marketing decision someone made somewhere and they need to get fired, but
1: <laughs> Ooh, who knows? escalated quickly. Wow. I have
0: no time for
2: bullshit. I wish that
1: person didn't have a job anymore.
3: Yeah, exactly. You don't suck Come at your job.
0: not feed their family. I mean,
3: that's what happens when
2: you suck at your job. You don't get to have heat or food for your family and they die. You oh, played and and you played Papers, <laughs> I've played a lot of Papers, Please. It's a great oh. soothing game.
1: About well, yourself sense, too, what are you looking forward to
0: tomorrow? um i am looking forward to hopefully getting to like walk around the floors a bit um i tried to walk around when i had an hour today and i literally got sucked into like the first booth that looked at me so <laughs> yeah. we'll see how that goes um i feel like as i hear you guys talk about games i'm like oh yeah i want to try that oh yeah that looked amazing and i'm never gonna get to look at all the things <laughs> Um, I also would like to hang around and take a lot of cosplay photos because the thing that I look forward to about conventions is cosplay and I have been so busy doing all of the other things that I've taken, like, 11 cosplay photos and talked to, like, three people, um... I'd like to try the, like, meditation, your own voice, VR thing. (laughs) Uh, We'll see if that happens. Orpheus. Is that what it's called? Orpheus, Orpheus. I think, is the name
2: of the... The vendor? The vending group, or the developer group. Yeah. Um, But you're the only one, I think, who can go into that and not have a panic attack, so I wish you luck. Thank you. Thank you. You're the only one who's shown interest into that and and not had that reaction at any rate, so...
0: Yeah, it's definitely interesting to me, and we'll see if we'll see if there's time for that. I feel like earlier today I had like seven things on my list specifically, and now I can't think of them. Now we're exhausted, and we need to sleep.
3: Yeah. yeah, One o'clock in the morning. It is one o'clock in the morning. Jesus Christ! For myself, I think I'm going to walk by
1: Artifact five more times, but Uh the line's going to be too long, so I'm not ever going to get to play it. Um, Key Forge. Oh right, that trading card game. I did walk in there today, kind of when I was going solo, but and but you
0: needed your partner, your your life partner,
1: my partner. We we can all
3: hit that, or Jake, or we Um, could. uh,
0: That's what I meant by life partner.
1: Um, Jerry. Uh, yeah so I walked in there but and they are demoing it but everyone was kind of paired up already so um, hopefully get a chance to check that out and then yeah just walk the floor see what catches my eye probably spend some more money there's a cool Fallout 76 t-shirt at the Xbox booth that Michaela doesn't want me to buy but she lost a bet and owes me a t-shirt so I'm getting it um, yeah I think that is pretty much it um, before we go I just wanted to say thank you listeners for coming along this journey with us. This has been a big packs for us. Um we've got a bunch of us down here. We've all been together. We've done almost six hours of podcasting in the last three days. Oh <laughs> my god. Insane. And it's it's felt like a lot to do, so it must feel like a lot to listen to. <laughs> uh but I hope that you enjoyed it, and I hope that you Persevered. <laughs> persevered. I hope that you learned something. Um, I hope that you found a game that you now want to play that maybe you didn't know about before. Yeah. Um, I know. I have. I've had a blast with you three here this week. You too. Um, yep. So thank you for coming I along for this journey this. with me. I'm
2: never seeing any of
0: you people again. I I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I love oh. you. It's fine.
1: Um, but yeah, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Jake. Thank, thank, thank you, Derek. Geek Games. Uh, where can we find you guys?
2: Oh, shit. I'm on Twitter. Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) I take everything back. We're done.
0: I didn't know I was going first and then everyone looked at me and I was like, oh, no. I was going to wait.
3: Here, you can go second. You you can. At Jake Skelcher.
0: At AK Geeky Girl on Twitter. Uh, I'm at MikaMax309 on all the things, and representing on Geekscape Forever on the Instagram.
3: You gotta say the at as well. Uh, and that. Instacrap, you mean.
0: <laughs> Instacrap. Instacrap. <laughs>
1: uh, and I am at Decranivelt on Twitter, and I am CaptainK17 across gaming platforms. But when uh, are
0: you on instagram At <laughs> <laughs> <@dcranavilt.
1: laughs> Uh Yeah, with that, thank you, and good night, and uh, happy Happy a Bye.